Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family, we chose this one. This is episode 129, SWAT 2003. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Too. And this episode is brought to you by WeSit, the babysitting service and nanny network. Parents' number one choice for flat rates, no fees, local service. Shout out WeSit. Shout out WeSit and shout out... Oh, wait, I was going to say... I was going to give Haley Gerbys credit for sponsoring this episode. She did not sponsor this episode. That was the one before no. this. This is just a Michelle Rodriguez movie. So, Haley, thanks, but no thanks. You had nothing to do with this one. But still, <laughs> thank you for supporting us on Patreon. We will talk about SWAT after the break, but Joe, extracurricular activities... What have you been up to since we last spoke? I started watching some new things, and one of the fun things that Rachel and I started watching was um, the show on Netflix, and it's like a game show, and it's called Awake. Have you heard of it? Ooh, maybe? I don't know what it's about, though. You start out, they keep everybody awake for 24 hours, and you have to just count quarters. Oh, God. Okay. So they just sit in this room, and they count quarters. Uh Uh-huh. And I think it's like maybe like eight people to start or seven. And then they bring everyone into the stage and they're like, okay, these guys have been awake for 24 hours. And then they instantly boot the person who ha- was like the most off on their count and the person who counted the least. So how do they make this visually entertaining? Because it sounds like the most boring thing in the world by design. Because this, like, this is like the first three minutes of each episode. Okay. So yes. 24 hours condensed into three minutes. Okay. Yeah. They're all in like one room in a circle. There's like a million dollars in quarters in the middle, and they just have to count quarters for 24 hours. They make them do these like really dumb challenges that are like normally very simple. Like, um, for example, one of them was like take the batteries out of like one of those like monkeys that like claps its yep. symbols. Yep. Take as many batteries out as you can in like a minute and a half. They actually do, like, a weird thing where they're like, okay, you, you, like, gamble. Like, if you're the least, you can get, like, you can bet, like, okay, I did the worst. You take money and you go home. Like, they have, like, an out. You get to take all the quarters. You get to take all the quarters you counted in the beginning. We're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting there. Oh, that comes back. Okay. It comes back. It comes back. If you think you did the worst, you can, like, take, like, a thousand bucks and, like, leave. And, like, you can do that. But if you did do the worst, you go home anyways, right, if nobody took it. So it's either, like, you pick that you did the worst or, like, the worst person actually leaves. So then they keep doing these challenges. They whittle everybody down, and it comes down to the end. And they're like, okay, there's two people. They're like, who do you think had a closer count, you or the other person? Okay. And you can bet to, like, you know, you could be like, okay, they have a better count than me. So, like, you can bail then and get just, like, take, like, you know, 10 grand or something and just, like, walk. 10 grad, please. Thank you. 10 grad. Or you get to keep the amount of quarters you counted. And so that's usually like 25 to like 30 grand, right? Real? Oh, God, that's so many quarters. Okay. Yeah, you can get 24 hours to count them, right? Okay, that's then. so many. Oh, my God. I, I know. can't. Okay, yeah, yep. Then they're like, okay, now you make the thing, and they're like, if you're within $500 either way of the count, you'll get all the quarters everyone counted. Classic prices, right? Double uh, both showcase situation. Yeah, like that, right? And you're like, okay, like, and if you are, then you get all the quarters. But if you're wrong, you get zero, right? And then they have, like, the last thing that's, like, the million-dollar shot. If you're within $25 of your count, you can bet gamble it and win a million dollars. But you have to be within $25 each way. Oof. It's like, because, it, like, all the challenges are, like, they're they're really simple challenges, right? But they're just made because they're, like, they've been up for 24 hours. 
So it's like the like really easy, simple things. You're like, oh, this would be so easy to do, but they're like frazzled, and then they're on stage, and then it's like timed, and they've been up for 24 hours. But every and episode so- is quarters. Every episode starts with quarters every time. That seems like the kind of thing I would want to maybe watch. And I don't now. I don't even want to watch it because I heard it. Like it sounds interesting, but it's like I don't, like the second time I see it, I don't know that it would be fun. Like it's just like oh, this same thing again. No, that just sets the basis of like how much money you can win. The quarters okay. isn't like the counting quarter. Like ninety percent of the show is them doing a bunch of different tasks to whittle the people down. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, like the first, they're just like this is the quarters, and you're just setting your baseline for how much money you can win at the beginning, right? Okay. Okay. And, and to keep them awake and give them a task and, like, all this bullshit part of it. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's like, a really fun, like, one of these turn your brain off. One of them was, like, you have to, like, pop balloons and then, like, catch dollars that fall from the ground. And, like, you know, they're all messed up because they can't, they haven't been sleeping, so. Right. What else? You said a couple things. Anything else you've been watching or has it mostly been awake? Shout out to Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber Party because uh, Lifetime's doing a six cheer movie month coming up or special coming up, I think, starting now. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah, so they have six new cheerleader movies, so I'm getting ready for that. No, we've been watching, we watched like this really, really depressing thing that was like an, a new MTV thing called like 16 and Recovering. Oh, I, when you said depressing, I was like, this is right in my alley. Then you said MTV and my entire interest went away. Because you know, me and depressing yes. things, hand in hand. But me and MTV, yeah. not since the 90s. This is actually depressing. And it's a, it's it's really actually heartwarming too, because it's this woman in, that's like near Boston and she runs a high school called like rehab high school and it's for like kids that are like going through drug issues mental health issues she has this high school where she has to like where it's like definitely not a normal high school like you know they've gotten like thrown out of high school and stuff like that because like they were using the staff is just like the greatest people i've ever seen in my like they're so tolerant and caring of these kids but it's really rough to see they obviously don't have the best situations and stuff so right in some parts heartwarming because the kids have each other and the staff and then you know like a kid will just, like, overdose and die, and they will have to, like, deal with that. Oof. Yeah, so it's like, huh. It's interesting to watch, but that's what we've been watching. That feels, like, both firmly up your guys' wheelhouse and also the opposite of what I would ever imagine you would watch. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, it kind of feels, like, a little bit like intervention, but it, it's hard, you know? It teeters back and forth of, like, things I want and also being too heavy. So, some kids are successful, and they're thankful, and the staff feels good that they, like, saved a kid's life. And the kid feels good that they're like a productive adult now and they couldn't have done it without the school. So like that positive spin on it is really helpful sometimes, but it doesn't always end like that. So, yeah. All right. And that's on MTV or is that just, where is that? It's on, it was on MTV too is what we've been watching it on. There's only like four episodes so far. It's a season. It's interesting. It's just, it's heavy. So. I have not much to report. Still spelunkying, still not beating the game. So I found out. I have one friend who's like playing along with me yeah, and we're talking, that. we're sharing yeah. our secrets. I haven't been talking about. And yeah. in the first game, the final level, even if it beat it the first, the real way, like the hard way was world five, level four. This okay. the final level is world nine, level four. And so it's essentially twice as big. Like I got farther last night than I ever have. And I'm picking up items that I don't know what they're doing. And Ugh. I'm streaming just so that my sister's watching and my friend joined for a little bit, but my sister's like Googling things, but not telling me. Cause I want to, I want to keep this the mystery for now. She's like, I, I think I know what this does, but I don't know where this is. She's like, okay, I'm pretty sure it's a place that you've never been before. But like, it's it's just variations on things. Apparently, people are complaining online that there's like too many weird secrets. But the first game, for as perfect as it is, 
by the end, once you know what you're doing, you can kind of see everything in like 15 or 20 minutes. And yeah. this feels way bigger than that. So, yeah, there's a lot of weird stuff, but also I don't mind it. So, again, no updates there. I have not beaten it yet, but still trying, still loving it. Fantasy baseball has taken a downturn. Oh, God, I'm sorry. I have not had a bad... I mean, I haven't had a terrible week or weekend, but... Uh, just my, my opponent, he just can't he can't stop throwing gems. He's, his pitchers are insane. And I lost mm. a lot of ground there, and that he sucks. is hitting caught up. But still a lot of baseball left. I'm not optimistic, but it's all right. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with a second-place finish in a year that I wasn't expecting to be great. But, and also, this is a weird-ass year, but yeah. I would still love to win, but neither here nor there. I'm still waiting for football to start. I have not seen any <laughs> professional football from the Minnesota Vikings football club. <laughs> That's funny. You know we were saying that, like, our, our one friend, did I tell you that? Like, our one friend has been, like, watching hockey. He's a Lightning fan. And he keeps saying, like, oh, man, like, the game's on tonight. And we're like, what are you talking about? Like, there's no hockey on. It's it's the same thing. It's, it's Tampa and Dallas. Is that right? Yeah. So, whoo. That's a... My, yeah, my friends were, <laughs> they were, they were talking about how, like, it's just boring because it's too teams that like nobody really cares about like kind of underwhelming and also my other friend who doesn't watch hockey was like they should make a rule that you can't play hockey unless there's ice in your city because it's like two warm weather cities right so like yeah it feels underwhelming like for a, such a canadian northern sport to be represented by tampa and dallas it's like oh well tampa's tampa's really good they were good all last year they were good this year and dallas was like not good they like are like have this weird analytics thing they were like asking one of the players they like have like a negative goal differential on the year and they're like, how do you feel being in the Stanley Cup Finals with a negative goal difference? Like, that should never happen. No. And he's like, oh, yeah, like, uh, like analytics suck or whatever. And they were like, okay. Very cool. cool. Yeah. Uh, and they just squeak by Vegas, right? Yeah. I don't know. We have a Patreon page here in the show, TooFastToForever.com. Shout out to Cassie Wilson, Jake Freer, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Ellenen, Justin Kleinman, Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber Party, Haley Gerbys, Wes Hampton, Christian Larson, Jerry Robinson, and Dan the Duke Hayden for supporting us at the $5 level or above. Thank you all so, so very much. Thank you, guys. It feels like it gets longer. Like, as you read them, like, if I don't know if you're, like, slowing them down or not, but, like, even if you're, like, not adding new ones, it feels like the list, I'm like, damn, I forgot how long this list was, so thank you guys. You too could have your name read by me every episode breathlessly if you, want, yeah. if you want to support us at $5 level or above. We have not had a new patron in a while. If you want to support the show, just give thanks. That's the wrong phrase. But if you want to get some swag and merchandise, I sent Dan his handwritten note and stickers, and he put a sticker up on his door. Oh, that's cool. TooFastToForever.com. We also have an email address here on the show, family at cageclub.me and Joe. We've got five emails today. First up from Jenny McMullen, subject Ooh. line, Lost. What up, Jenny? How have you been, lady? How's it going? She says, hi, guys. Thank you for spoiling Lost in enough detail that I can finally write it off. I won seasons (laughs) one and two in a radio contest over a decade ago. Despite several attempts, I could never get into it. Same with Desperate Housewives, which I also won. She is, I don't know if that's the same contest or not, but you are killing it on the ABC DVD contest market. Oh, so she was calling into radio stations and winning them, like, on the radio? I guess. That's, I mean, that's... that's cool. Yeah. I, I forgot that... The, I, I honestly forgot that this was a thing. Like, and I even listened to the, like, the local radio station in the morning. I guess that they don't do ticket giveaways when I'm there. And, like, DVD... Like, DVD giveaways. I remember, like, when I was a kid that they used to do a lot of these, but I don't remember them doing, like, that kind of giveaway on our radio station here. It's usually, like, concert tickets. Yeah, I guess maybe back, you know, 10 years ago or more, it was like a... Well, if they're giving away seasons one and two, it's probably... Yeah. 06, 07, maybe? Because that's maybe yeah. in, in anticipation for season three? I don't know. Anyway. Probably. 
Okay. She says, I did, however, watch some of the later seasons of Housewives as they were airing. I have a big crush on Eva Longoria, so I also watched some of the later seasons of Desert Housewives as they were airing. (laughs) It's not a DVD watching issue, she says, because after CBS aired the first season of Dexter, I watched the rest of the run on DVD. I even rewatched them with a friend convalescing after a knee injury. She loved the Dexter series as much or even more than I did. I even turned a third person into a fan by loaning him my DVDs. Any who's still listening and enjoying, which reminds me, I went back and listened to the first couple of episodes. Funny stuff. Later, Jenny. First episode of this? Wow. Okay. I don't. I haven't even done that. Maybe we should do that one time. Like we're listening. Oh no! It's one. It's of, awful. Of even of this. Well, really? maybe not of this, but I remember I listened to our Zach Attack. We are your friends. Like while we were yeah, still yeah, doing bad. Zach Attack, it's I was bad. like, "Well, this is it's not good." Sure. I agree. I did that at one point, too. I was like, no, these should just be deleted, but they exist. Then Jenny sends another email saying, Strange Days episode. She says, hi, guys, just finished listening to this episode of My Way Home. So pulled into the rest area, classic Jenny move, to send a couple of thoughts. Catherine Bigelow is a name I've known for many years, though the only film of hers I've seen is Near Dark, which is great. It was my favorite film for a while when it came out during my teenage vampire phase, which consisted mostly of reading all or most of the Anne Rice books. Great actors, including Bill Paxton, R.I.P., and the young, good-looking Adrian Pazdar. It's no surprise she went on to bigger and better things. Speaking of bigger and better, funny how Mad Max Fury Road just keeps getting watched. I remember back in the Zeph days, it was like 70K or maybe 170K. Safe to say the one sequel that has outperformed the original? I've seen all four of those, too. I think so, for sure. For sure, for sure. I think so. But yeah, you're right. Oh, That's right, because you've been along for the whole ride. So the number just keeps... Every time we play that game, it just gets higher and higher. Yeah, Jenny was here before that was even a game, right? Like, we were yeah. like, oh, we should probably turn this into a game. Yeah, she has. Lastly, I really like your sign-off on this episode. Please keep using it. Got to get back on the road to home later, Jenny, which I think is our new sign-off. Yes. No more anus piecers, because, like, it doesn't make any sense. But, you know, yeah. tell you all it, about it. This one works. We, we like... We, we actually like had a back and forth for like almost a day or two and like I like mentioned it to Rachel and she was like why don't you just lose use that and Joey and I were like we're idiots it was such low-hanging fruit that we just totally overlooked it yeah so. and then on the topic of strange days Justin sends in Juliet Lewis and I read this email I was like oh right I'm dumb says you guys had me smacking my forehead how do the two of you not know Juliet Lewis she's not even in the show glow which I realized after the fact and this is a stretch, but it's the way that my brain worked, that on Glow, there's the singer Kate Nash, who's also an actor, and she and Juliette Lewis, I kind of discovered at the same time in college, and they're both not similar musically, but they're both, like, I just have association with them, like, female vocalist artists that I like that are both actors now, and so I was like, oh yeah, you know, her from Glow, but not. Justin says, you mentioned she might be in Natural Born Killers. Of course she was. Maybe it's our age difference, but how about the snotty daughter in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Ooh, I wouldn't have picked her from that, but yeah. He says, okay. Dusk Till Dawn, Cape Fear, What's Eating Gilbert Grape? She was a big deal in the 90s. Yeah, I mean, oh. I was born in 87, so I was not watching those movies in the 90s, and I feel like I, I, the 90s, I think I'm criminally underseen in. I think. Really? I mean, I've seen the big things, but I feel like the cool ones, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's definitely a bunch of these that I, I feel like I should have seen. Like, she was in Enough, too. Like, holy shit. Which I saw with my family, I think, when it first hit VHS, maybe? And I haven't seen it since, but I still remember parts of it, yeah. Yeah, and she was in Nerve, the the fucking movie that just came out with um Little Franco, right? Wait, Juliet Lewis is in that? Yeah. I believe you. I just want to see who she was in Nerve. Maybe she was a mom? 
and Ma too. The the movie with yeah, um, I saw that. I've never seen. I haven't. Seen, I mean, I saw that she was in that, but I didn't. Oh yeah, okay. So she is. She plays Emma Roberts' mom in Nerve. Okay. And wasn't Octavia Spencer just in a movie that we was it SWAT? She was in she SWAT. Was in SWAT. She's in this in this yeah. episode. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> the Octavia Spencer connected universe strikes again. Yeah, like I was Apparently. looking at these, but like I didn't know if you had seen What's Eating Gilbert Grape, which is like Johnny Depp's movie first movie. No, I don't. I don't remember. Like I know she's been in a lot of things. Old school, ton. Yeah, but you're right. He's right. She's firmly like in a, a bunch of good movies in the '90s, and then like a bunch of other movies that I've seen. My issue is that I use Letterbox for this because we mostly talk about movies, and it lets me easily see because like things are faded. What I've seen, like like watched movies, are uh. visibly faded. But then TV is excluded, so I was just like, oh yeah, probably Glow, whatever, it's fine. So Justin, <laughs> I am so sorry. Sorry, buddy, sorry, sorry. Our next email from Jerry Robinson, subject line, funny story. He says, I got a funny, I found out something about Tokyo Drift, our next episode, drifting okay. through the crowd. And then he tells about how Justin Lin wanted to get a permit. Tokyo said no, they did it anyway. But the police came in to arrest him, they had a stand-in claim to be him, and get arrested instead. We, yeah, that was the article that came out a little bit ago that got picked up and which is still a crazy story it's a nuts story it is it really is crazy and very smart i want i want a stunt double that gets arrested for me whenever i do bad things yeah no it wasn't me wasn't me your honor it was that guy yeah he says and the rock went full hobbs slash black adam and destroyed his gate did you hear about this no so last week the remnants of hurricane sally hit metro atlanta with enough wind and rain to take out his he lives in atlanta power i guess he's got a home in atlanta i don't know i assumed probably because of like ballers or something and his ties to florida that he lived in like miami right or like florida somewhere so he posted on Instagram, not my finest hour, but a man's got to go to work. We, ex- we experienced a power outage due to severe storms, causing my front gate to not open. I tried to override the hydraulic system to open the gates, which usually works when power goes out, but this time it wouldn't. Made some calls to see how fast I get a gate tech on site, but I didn't have 45 minutes to wait. Damn. I know I have hundreds of production crew members waiting for me to come to work so we can start our day, so I did what I had to do. I pushed, <laughs> pulled, and ripped the gate completely off myself. Tore it out of the brick wall, severed the steel hydraulics, Jesus. and threw it on the grass. My security team was able to meet the gate technician and welders about an hour later, and they were apparently, quote, in disbelief and equally scared. Not my finest hour, but I had to go to work, and I think I'm 100, emoji, ready to be hashtag Black Adam, hashtag RIP Gates. So imagine... That's so cool and badass, but also, like, imagine... <laughs> Being the rock and being like, I can't be 45 minutes late. People need me. We have heard stories from this franchise that we hold so near and dear to our hearts that people have been late to the set to negative effects, (laughs) right? And I think it's funny. I also just like think, imagine if you're like a gate technician in the Atlanta area and the rock calls you and you're like, yeah, I can't get there for like 45 minutes. It's like, dude, drop what you're doing and get there right now. Like it's the rock, right? Like, I think that there has to be like some kind of like relay. Like he probably called like the, you know, 1-800-GATES-R-US. And they were like, well, we have a technician in the area, but he's finishing up another job. And like, we'll send one out immediately, but it'll take 45 minutes because he's on like a private road. And you're like, okay. But you're right. Like, if he like, if he had like a gate guy and the gate guy's like, Rock, you gotta wait. I don't think he has a gate guy, but I'm just like, you know, like, oh, like just take down the information. Like, just imagine. Because, you know, when you call those places, like you call like a plumber or like an exterminator or whatever, and there's like someone who answers the phone. Like, in my experience, like the last few times I've called, it's always like the owner's wife. And she's like, all right, let me take the notes. I'll give him a call or whatever. And like, all right, name, Dwayne Johnson. All right, whatever, whatever. And it's like, like doesn't, you know, whoever's taking notes, like, doesn't make the connection. Then the calls are yep. like, why didn't you tell me it was The Rock? Like, 
Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He. I. I hope that he was like. Eat, no. He said it was in the morning. Yeah. I was like. I was hoping he was like eating lunch and was like, tell him to wait. Like, I'm. I'm in the drive-through right now. <laughs> you know, I like my veggies first. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Last yeah. email from Dan Hayden. Subject line: Old and new BS. What up, Dan? How are you doing, bud? Hey, guys. Really enjoying the content as always. I'm getting close to finishing lap one because remember he's listening to new episodes, but then going back. And I have to know: oh, right. Did anyone ever make that system? Chapel art for you guys. No, I think that was Doubton Tom, maybe, who brought that up, who has since vanished completely. He has. He definitely has. That's true. We got an email from him, like, a couple laps ago, I think. He was on board really early, and then I think he checked back in a while later, but I haven't heard from him in a while, so shout out Doubton Tom. Not on Twitter or anything either, yeah. Hope he's doing okay, bud. Dan says, I told Joey... I was already working on a piece for him. I thought it was for us, but apparently for me. But maybe I also need to start something for Joe. By the way, Joey, I'm still working on it. Art is no 10-second race. It is not. So it's just some random notes from the last week of shows. You don't have to make anything for me, bud. I would love it, and it will be displayed lovingly in my home if, if it did come to be. But if not, I can just take a little part of Joey's into my heart. We'll see what Dan has up his sleeve. Yes. All right, he says, you mentioned the dad in Milton's Secrets, also the dad on Gilmore Girls, a show my wife forced me to watch early in our relationship. Dude. I know it's not for everyone, but it's for sure my top 50 shows of all time. All right. I mean, it's not exactly high praise, but all right. Rachel and her mom love Gilmore Girls. I often come home, and Rachel will be watching reruns, and, like, if her and her mom are together... Sometimes, like, I'll come home or, you know, come into a room that they're in and they'll be watching it just, like, reminiscing. I don't... Have you ever seen an episode of it, Joey? No. So, I know my sister and my mom like it to the point where my sister sent, like, a video of her cats doing something. My mom's like, is, you, is that Lorelai in the background? Are you watching? And she, like, the fact, like, she was not even, like, you know, it's, like, just innately in there. My sister rewatched the entire series when we were living together, but I've never sat down and watched an episode. I just know vaguely, like I know Melissa McCarthy's in it. Like I know little things about it, but I've never okay. seen an episode. The only thing that I'm trying to point out is yeah. that in that show, they talk at fucking light speed. Oh yeah, I know that. Yes. They're just like cranking through dialogue the whole time. Like you edit our podcast to add less filler, like add less dead space into it. I think that they had to add pauses into Gilmore Girls. Like, they're just, like, reading it. It's like, da-da-da, da da And, like, they just talk yeah. the entire yes. time. And yes. it's like, oh, my God. Like, when I watch it, I get super, sti- like, hyper-stimulated from it. Like, I can't watch the show. Rachel's laughing at me now because she's hearing what I'm saying. Which, I mean, it's a skill. I mean, like, that's like that's kind of old-timey in a way, right? Where, like, yeah. old, back in the talkies, like, when they're just like, yeah, see, see, or whatever, right? So Or, like, rappers practicing battle raps or something. <laughs> Just Ooh, yeah. That she had to, like, train her, her breathing so she could talk faster. The character that actor David Sutcliffe plays is named Christopher Hayden, so there's lots of laughs from my wife every time the words Mr. Hayden came up. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I highly recommend it, and luckily for new viewers, the first two seasons are by far the best. Well, thank you, Dan, but again, there's so much that I want to watch, and I, I, can't, I can't spend time watching Gilmore Girls. I mean, come on. There <laughs> is a podcast that actually tying in i think i think a host of it maybe there was a gilmore guys podcast where oh. guys rewatched gilmore girls and i think one of the hosts was demi adjuibe who just put out his 21st night of september video Beautiful, again this by the week way. i excellent. think hold on excellent this year. gilmore guys yeah demi and kevin t porter yes so the podcast gilmore guys which is an episode by episode recap podcast Hosted by, I don't know if it's still, I don't think it's still active, but yeah, Demi, I mean. Um, also, Gilmore Girls always cracks me up because, like, at one point she went to Yale, and so, like, we're always, like, laughing because 
this is where I, you know. Sure. Like, she's, like, supposedly around New Haven. She's a real Eli. She's a, yeah, she is. In the last main episode, Nico or Kevo massively misquotes miscongeniality. Uh-oh. Bill Shatner, oh. James Tiberius fucking Kirk, asked a contestant from Rhode Island to describe her perfect date. Her response is not March 26th. It's April 25th, my birthday. Who the hell thinks oh. it's not too hot or too cold and all you need is a light jacket in Rhode Island at any point in March? <laughs> You've been educated. No need to thank me. I, I don't know if we should bring that up to them or not. Think I think Nico will take serious offense. Dan, we respect it, and we if it's your birthday, I'm I'm sure that you're right. But if it comes up again, we'll be like, um, actually, I believe it's um April 25th. Yeah, and so. April 26th is my mom's birthday, so it's the day after. Lastly, I finished The Last of Us Part Two. I need to discuss it with you as soon as you pull yourself away from Spelunky Two. Well, Dan, I got bad news for you. I don't know when that's going to be. <laughs> I'm assuming you haven't finished it yet. But if you have any thoughts. I started Horizon Zero Dawn this morning, and when I need a little break, I plan on diving headfirst into Spelunky 2 as well. How do I want to say this without really spoiling, but The Last of Us Part 2 is divided pretty cleanly into two halves. Okay. And I am a couple hours into the second half, but that means I have like another 10 or 12, and my goal was to get it done before Spelunky came out, and I just started too late, and I was like, well, and so I've only been playing Spelunky. Um, I'm going to get back, like, this is going to be the next game that I go back to. And they're totally different. Like, it's... Yeah. I want to devote... Sounds like, world's different. Like, I but... need to devote a couple hours at a time to The Last of Us. I don't have to devote a couple hours at a time for Spelunky, but I wind up doing it anyway. I want to go back to it soon. I also, this past week, pre-ordered the PS5 and the Xbox One. And, man, Ooh. it is... I, I was telling you, like, these pre-orders... I mean, people who care about this stuff out there know that, like, the pre-order systems are insanely messed up. Yeah, I saw... You know who I saw bitching about the pre-order systems the most? Who's that? Steelers that I follow on Twitter. Oh, okay, yeah. They were like, yo, where can I get a PlayStation at? Sony announced their things. Like, they had a press conference. They're like, there's going to be... Pre-orders start tomorrow at noon or whatever. And yes. every retailer was like, hey, guess what? We're It's up now. The like, Every site broke. And so I finally got one. Through. Like, I wanted to go through Best Buy because they're like... I wanted yes. to get their... The perks, like, it's a very minor thing, but I want to get the perks of their rewards. Like, if I spend a little bit more, I hit the first tier or whatever. Anyway, I was like, I'll just get it from Best Buy because I've gotten everything else from Best Buy. That's fine. Best Buy was, like, way gone. And finally, I pre-ordered one through Amazon that someone was just like, here's a link. It took me to a version of Amazon that I've never seen before where it was, like, no clutter. It was just, like, a, a small little picture. It was almost like... Imagine what like wouldn't be embedded in a tweet if if an Amazon item was in a tweet. It was like it looked like that. It was like a picture, okay. a little bit of text, and it was like add to cart. And it brought me to like a different cart screen, and it just like checked out. And Amazon has since emailed me like, hey, you might not get it on release day, which is fine because I want the Xbox more anyway. But I was like, I've never seen like this back door of Amazon where like their entire carts, like everything everywhere, was just like way gone they both kind of like jab at each other a little bit and so microsoft saw this and like guys don't worry we got this uh next <laughs> tuesday at 11 a.m gonna be everywhere so just like we're good tuesday at 11 a.m came and went and it was another nightmare <laughs> best buy and amazon didn't even list it like they had the item but they just said coming soon on best buy and amazon didn't even have like the the, the, the specific product page was just like a, sorry, that page is broken with a picture of a dog for two hours. Not even just a little bit, which is like, it's just beyond messed up. And eventually, I'm checking Twitter, and someone, do you know iJustine? She's like mm. a YouTube 
celebrity. She's like a gamer and whatever. No, I used to follow her. Not. I haven't followed her in a while, but her sister is also like a YouTube person, whatever. Sure. And she tweeted and someone retweeted, this link is working for the Xbox. So I got it through Amazon. I was like, cool, that's amazing. But then like still I was checking like for hours, just like kind of curious also because I kind of still wanted a Best Buy. And it for literally hours... It just didn't work, like throwing all sorts of errors. And then it finally was just like, yeah, sold out. It's like, well, that's awful. Like it was yeah. a terrible experience across the board for everyone involved. In a world where we can't go in person to place your pre-order, are you? Sh- there's a possibility that you shouldn't, and it's it's not the best idea to like run to Best Buy to place your pre-order. You think they could have worked out the fucking ordering system online? Well, right? so Best Buy was saying we're not taking pre-orders in store. Okay, so even worse than like you're prepared, you're mentally prepared to like. It was just like, like awful. It was awful, and like I saw people on Twitter, like people were camped outside GameStops. I think GameStop was doing in store. I don't know if everywhere, but like they were doing because like people were like online since four a.m. Like a picture of them in line, like like a socially distanced line, but it's just like, this is crazy. It's crazy. Dude, Black Friday is going to be fucking wrecked this year. I'm interested to see because Black Friday, it's not like everyone's online at one time. It's like an all day thing, right? So like, I don't know. Well, no, but you're going to have Black Friday, but nobody's going to be at a Walmart. And if they are, then we're going to have all the reports of, you know, people being at a Walmart. True. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm worried not really worried, but I'm worried. Cautious. Yeah. And not right. optimistic. And I was saying to you that, like, I, I have both pre-orders. I, what I do, and I'm not just trying to, like, flaunt my wealth, I just take $20 out of a paycheck. Every two weeks, I take 20 bucks and I put it in, like, a separate savings account for, like, vacations. And, like, Video didn't games. take a vacation this year. So I have, like, 1000 bucks in there. So I'm like, hey, there's, there's the two consoles, right? But exactly, I was saying to yeah. you that, like, there's no real games coming out that I want, but it's kind of just an investment for the future. So, you know, I have, I'm going to have both, I think, in theory. I don't know. We'll see when Amazon sends them to me. I don't know when I'm getting either. I think the Xbox yeah. should be launch day. I don't know about the PlayStation. We'll find out together on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, good luck, and, and let me know how it goes. Well, you'll let me know how it goes. I will. But, yeah. but also, Spelunky 2, great. I will, Dan, I will let you know when I beat The Last of Us. When I get back to it, when I beat it. Cool. Anyway, that's enough bullshit for me for one email. Keep up the good work, fellas. And as always, I'll be listening, Duke. Well, thanks, Thank Dan. Thank you, Dan. Thanks for writing in, bud. And that's all the emails for today. If you want to email us, family at cageclub.me. Joe, on the streets, we talked about the rock news, but any other news that you've seen in the Fast and Furious world since we last recorded? No, but we've been having a bunch of weird adjacent news. There was something very big that I posted on our Twitter and Facebook. Yeah, which is like not Fast and Furious news, but it's No, but it's adjacent. close in two different ways. And this is also just a very big rumor, but there is a rumor that Tom Cruise will play, I guess, a version of Iron Man in the Doctor Strange sequel. How do you feel about it? I love it. I mean, I am all about Marvel movies. I'm all about him. He's looking for, like, the next big... Like, he's looking for a franchise now. I think he tried to do the Jack Reacher. didn't really work. Tried to do the Mummy. That didn't really work. He's got Mission Impossible, but I feel like he's trying to do something like that. And I don't know that he's going to be... Because the Doctor Strange sequel is like a multiverse. So I think he might just play a Iron Man and Iron Man. But which is okay, I'm about in that sense, In that sense, that is okay with me. If for them to replace Robert Downey Jr. with Tom Cruise, I would have mega problems. No, yeah, him. I don't think it's that. I think... Yeah, I don't know. And as we've said, we, you know, we were talking... Who could be the big bad? Who's the voice of Etion? Like, he's up there, right? Sure. Like, Keanu, Tom Cruise, we're like, but I don't think Tom Cruise could just be the voice of Etion, like a small role, but like, he'd be a great 
evil villain, super villain, top tier villain of Fast and Furious too. So. Yep. And he rarely plays a bad guy. So like that would be another added interesting wrinkle too. Like, you know, in the comics, I know that Falcon becomes Cap at one point. I know that Pepper Potts, I think, becomes Iron Man at one point. Like there's all sorts of oh. variations that of existing characters that could kind of take the helm, take the mantle, whatever, but, like, I wouldn't want a replacement, but if he's, like, in a movie or a scene or whatever, yeah, absolutely. Why not? Yeah, of course. That, that yeah. works. I get it. Is there other adjacent news that you've seen? Because I don't know if the there is The thing that you others. sent about Gosling playing a stunt driver, and we spent a whole lap talking about stunt drivers. Yes. 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 And it's from the guy who directed David Leach, who is Keanu's stunt double on The Matrix, but also directed, like, Atomic Blonde and Deadpool 1, maybe Deadpool 2, but also, I think, directed Hobbs and Shaw, specifically to us. Exactly. So it's like Gosling to us, Stuntmen, when we talked about, you know, Death Proof and all that stuff, and he directed Hobbs and Shaw, so, yeah. Yeah, David Leach directed Deadpool 2, Atomic Blonde, Fast and Furious, Hobbs and Shaw, he's doing upcoming Atomic Blonde 2, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff, man. He's doing an Enter the Dragon remake, I guess, Ooh, maybe? Weird. Yeah. Wow. We talk about Enter the Dragon a lot on here, too. Fuck. Yeah, Jeez. man. That's yeah, strange. David Leach is one to watch, for sure, because his fights, and like his movies, just the action is beautiful. Unlike SWAT, but we'll get into that. Okay. We'll get into that. Other news of note, or no? No, that was it. Just the adjacent weird stuff that we were talking about. All right, then let's talk about the Ana Lucia Cortez Leticia Ortiz Lost for a Minute episode titled One of Them. And this is a Saeed episode. Did you recognize, I know you love these things, did you recognize the man who arrested him? No. Kate's dad. Oh, fuck. No, I didn't catch that at all. Good Did you point. recognize, like, the close-up picture that he's holding of, like, an actual teenage Evangeline Lilly who, like, looks exactly like Kate but 16 years old? <laughs> no, I saw him holding the picture. He's like, do you have, a, like, do you have kids or something? Yep. And he's like, a daughter. Like, I remember that part, but no, I yep. didn't actual picture of Evangeline Lilly, and that's his, that's her dad. And so I was saying, because when we were talking about that episode, you missed in the background that, like, Saeed is briefly on the TV in his office. Kate's oh. dad arrested him. So another little, because we had Kate's mom as the waitress in the last episode. Kate's yes, dad here, too. I guess not dad. Spoilers. The, the guy that she thought was her dad, but yeah. I really like that Jenny's using us as the, the like, <laughs> like, she's like, okay, I've yeah. seen Lost now. That's great. <laughs> Just coming back to the email. I'm glad that we could help someone out there. It works. But okay. So this is one where I don't want to tip my hand, but I can almost say nothing about Henry Gale. But talk to me about Henry Gale. He looks really familiar. So this episode starts out, Letty comes to like Saeed and she's like, I found something. (laughs) Very funny that like she's in the first minute and then never again. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I was like, oh, cool. Maybe this is like a Letty episode. No, she's not. She comes to Saeed. She's like, hey, check out what I found in the woods over here. And it's like, oh, it's the French woman. So Saeed, like, stalks her, like, finds the French woman. She's like, come here, I got something to show you. And he's like, I don't trust your ass. And she's like, take my gun then, we're good. And there's, like, a guy that she trapped in, like, the thing. And he's, like, hanging in a net. And he's like, help, I'm I'm from Minnesota. Shout out Justin. And they're like, and she's like, he's full of shit. And Saeed's like, no, he sounds like a real guy. Like, I'm going to let him go. 
And so, like, he cuts him down. He, like, goes to, like, beeline into the woods, which is, like, okay, you're a shady motherfucker. Like, you would have been, like, hey, thanks, Saeed. Like, you cut me down. Even if this woman is scary, I have one person on my side. Thanks for understanding. But, no, he just, like, runs to the woods. She shoots him in the shoulder. Well, she shoots him, like, through like through the through, chest, through, through the, the sh- shoulder with an arrow, with a bow and arrow. Yeah. A wooden arrow, <laughs> yes. And Saeed's, like, bro, like, he almost killed him. She's, like, if I wanted to kill him, I would have killed him. Which, okay, so now I'm thinking, I'm, like, hey. The French woman's crazy, but she's been right about a lot of shit. Well, she's been on the island for, what, 15 years, whatever they established? Like, she's been there. She's seen a lot. She's seen some shit. And she, but, and she likes Saeed. So, like, if she was like, hey, Saeed, I was looking for you. Like, I got to show you this shit. Like, you got to figure out what the fuck's going on here. Yep. She's seen some shit. Like, she knows what she's, like, she hasn't been wrong. So, I'm like, she's not, like, trying to, like, bait them or something. Especially not him specifically. So, I'm like, you should probably listen to her. And he's like, I don't know. I don't know. Bring him back to the hatch. Uh-huh. Jack's like, what did you do? He's like, he starts pressing him because he's like, I'm going to, you know, fucking torture this guy. My name is Saeed Jarrah, and I am a torturer. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, because this whole episode's a background Saeed episode, which is great. By the way, Saeed, without Shannon, top tier. Well, With Shannon, Shannon comes into play in a big way here, not on yes. screen, but also in the flashback, The it, you would not, I don't think you would recognize him, but the guy who is, not the guy who arrests him, but like the kind of the gruff, like stereotypical military man who's like, we're pulling out, guy, or whatever, like he is the sergeant, like the leader of the platoon in Starship Troopers. We talked about that a lot on the oh. Verhoeven week. So he okay. is one of his most famous well-known roles, Clancy Brown. So he's great. Say so he, like starts torturing this guy because like Jack finally is like, no, I have to operate on him first because I'm I'm the lifeblood of this island. And so he takes the arrow out and then like Saeed like gets lock to change the lock combination mm-hmm. on the armory and he like he's like, lock me in here. And he's like, I'm just gonna fucking torture this guy. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, like, I know he's not telling the truth. Well, he like, you know, you see it in his face because he's like torturing him. And he's like, like, where'd you bury your wife? And he's like, I don't know, like somewhere out there. And he's like, the fuck you do? How deep did you, did you bury? Did you use your hands? How many? Yeah. You would know. You would know exactly. And he's like, he's basically just like, it's he's true. finally coming to terms with the fact because he's like, he's been saying, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. But this is like his like, oh, no, I'm not fine. Yeah. This is his like, oh, I'm I'm actually reminiscing about burying Shannon. But cool. We don't have to see her. So not a big deal. And that's like, he like comes to grips and the guy's like, did you have something happen to you? And meanwhile, like Jack is breaking in. But the best part. Of, OK, so then we get to the best part of this episode. The thing's locked. Jack's like, let me in. Locke is there. He's like, fuck you. You change the code. Tell me what it is. And also the timer is going down. Mm-hmm. Locke is like, I'm, I have to go fucking type in the number. And he's like, no, you're going to open the door first. And like, time's running down. You only got like 30 seconds. You have to do the lock first. And he's like, I'll tell you the code. And he's like, no, you're going to lie to me, you asshole. So he like makes him go do it. And then he runs. And the time's counting down. And he's typing the number in. And it hits zero. Yep. And all of a sudden you see like hieroglyphics and shit. On the, yep. on the clock. And it turns red. And, like, you hear something, like, booting up. But he gets a number and he hits enter. And it resets. Something could happen. I st- I'm still going this is just, like, a mental test. I'm, that's what I'm going with. But something started moving, which is, like, giving me a little... But, yeah, but something happened. So some so we know something happens if you don't type the number in. Right. There's suspense so there, but you know Can't say anything, and I won't say I know, say don't anything. say anything, that's fine, but... I will say, though, that the guy who plays Henry Gale is this actor, Michael Emerson, who essentially landed this part because of a stint he played on the TV show The Practice, which is a lawyer show that my parents loved, 
Uh, he played a serial killer in a little bit, a couple episodes, and apparently he was so good and creepy and weird on that that they cast him here. And effectively, based on his performance in this show, he became one of the two leads of the CBS show Person of Interest. Even if you oh, never cool. watched that, that was on like every CBS football game for five or six years. Oh, you're you saw right. That's with why him I know and Jim Caviezel, where they were like whatever. I don't know that a lot of people from Lost went on to like superstardom, but a lot of people from Lost essentially headlined. TV shows like Matthew Fox did stuff, Josh Holloway plays Sawyer did stuff, yeah. Michael Emerson did stuff. Like a lot of these people went to go become like the lead. Daniel Day Kim is Hawaii Five. Like a lot of these people went to get their own shows elsewhere. So they're not propelling people to superstardom, but they're all like, you have your own show now for five or six years. Just wait until you watch Seinfeld. Every side character in Seinfeld becomes like a real actor in like a show that ran for like 20 seasons later. Yep. Tiny tidbit characters. You're just like, oh, that's his girlfriend for a week. And like, that's, yeah. Anything else of note? Like this is one yes. where like we're getting the stuff where I can't, I can't say anything, but anything else of note that you want to bring up about this episode of Lost? There's like another side story that's kind of bullshit that like Sawyer wants to catch his frog. It's just for, or, it's just for, com- for, for, levity because like you can't have yeah. all the serious heavy stuff they're just searching for a frog and hurley's eating ranch dressing yes when he's torturing him he's like what did you sell like what did you have he's like i had a company like what did you do and he's like it was a mining company they said like what did you mine and he goes non-metallic metals and i was like rachel what the fuck are non-metallic metals and how did that line get cleared in the show? A non-metal is a chemical element that mostly lacks the characteristics of a metal okay but there's no non-metallic metals it's redundant. Well, maybe a lot of people, then maybe it's a commonly misquoted thing. But if he was like, oh, we were mining non-metals, that would be like, oh, okay, cool. Like ores, right? I think, non-metals. so that's another thing where it's like, I don't know if people are going to understand, well, what's a non-metal? Like, that's, that's like, it, as dumb as it sounds, I think non-metallic metals sounds more TV-ish and plausible than just It non-metal. sounds more TV-ish, but it, for any person that's, it's like, what the fuck's a non-metallic metal? And then you see Saeed come back at the end, and he's like, oh yeah, like there's a guy down there, and he's one of them. And it seems like he's trying to convince Charlie to kill him. I think he's trying to get Charlie on his side, which again, Charlie's just in a very manipulatable state right now, because we know Sawyer took advantage of him in the last episode. But in the first season, remember, the others, Ethan hung Charlie and left him for dead. Yeah, yeah they show so. in the preview on this one, yeah. Anything else about one of them? Because the next time, so the next episode, we're not doing it because it's the Tokyo Drift deleted scenes. And then in two episodes, we're doing two episodes because the next episode, Anna is not in, and then she's in the one after that. So we'll have two episodes to talk about, but I think Anna's only in one of those. So No, I'm getting excited. We're getting, dude, the hieroglyphics thing got me a little shook this t- today. Yeah, so it's in, in a point where like I want to say things, but I can't say things. But so you know, don't. it is what it is. But Joe, yeah. what I can say things about is the final thing to do before we take a break is the Fast and Furious minute minute eighty eight where we're going. We don't need roads. Could have done that, <laughs> but has nothing to do with it. Although they do go off roading a little bit. But they a minute do. I called. This is Officer Brian O'Connor. Ten minutes, he's dead. 
Hold this. Hold the pressure just it. like that. Don't let go. Hold his arm up. Vince! Yeah. Yeah, this is Officer Brian O'Connor. So in this minute, Brian jumps to Mia's car and safely lands atop it. The truck driver taps Mia's car, sending them off into the ditch, then drives yep. off. Leon, Dom, and Letty pull up. Dom checks with Letty, who spits out or drools a little blood, then races over to tend to Vince. Brian's using Vince's belt as a tourniquet on his right arm as Mia holds it up. And then Brian calls for medical help for Vince, revealing he's a cop. But we do not see cop. Dom's reaction. No. Not yet. We just see Brian, like, open his phone and say this is Officer Brian O'Connor. This is a difficult minute to talk about because narratively very important, but for minute purposes, not a lot going on. No, you get Brian surfing on a car. That's kind of yep. cool. Very cool. Dom, again, being driven by Leon, not and driving. And in the back seat is a very rare thing, too, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. We don't see anybody in back seats of any cars. No. Wild. And she's sitting, like, across the entire back seat. Yep. She's not, like, in a seat. She's, like, firmly, like, her, like, shoulders are against the window, and she's, like, legs spread across the whole back seat. Yep. So. I think Dom calls Vince Vinny. Did you hear him say this when he runs over to him? He's like, Vinny! <sighs> I don't know if it just sound blurring it, like, if it's masked by other sounds in the scene, but it sounds like he says Vinny, which has not been said yet in this movie, but it sounds like that. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like they, like, mutter or cut the audio. Yeah, because that's another thing that in the script online, which, again, is mostly accurate but not fully accurate dom says the word lenny when he's like when he says to her it's gonna be okay letty i love you and then says to leon watch her but to me it sounds like it's gonna be okay baby yeah because why would he say letty like i don't use i, I never use rachel's name on him i know we talked about this last episode yeah or this episode this episode, this episode. maybe who knows Before. sometime recently or not yet <laughs> says Vinny and maybe baby or maybe Letty. I don't know. But again, that's just like the muddied kind of sound mix because there's chaos kind of going on. My question for you is what is this truck driver? What does the rest of this truck driver's day look like? I think he, he taps them and then just drives off. Like, does he pull over and call the cops or does he just keep going? Like, what's protocol? I think he probably radios or calls the cops and has to pull into like the next like truck stop. He like has a hole in his door, window blown out. Like, he has no windshield anymore. There's a whole bunch of shit fucked up with his truck, other than it can still drive. But I think that my reaction, I don't know, we have to call, maybe we have to call in Nick about this, that it would be, like, to drive to the next rest stop. Like, I'm not stopping. They tried to get me. They were, sh- like, there was a shootout. I guess, like, yeah, I'm, go where people are. Yeah, go to go to a place where, like, somebody else can help me. And don't stop until I get to, like, there. Because I don't know if they're coming back, you know? Like, he, he knows that he, like, bumped them, but, like, right. he doesn't know if there's more of them, or if there's some ahead, what, like, I don't know. Right, so. That would make sense. Like, then just, like, pull over and be like, now, once you're in a safe place, then call. Like, unless, like, I'm sure the truck, but the truck is, like, the truck, aside from the harpoon in the, in the passenger seat and the blown-out windshield and, like, shotgun shells in the door, the truck is brand new. Like, they, there's no damage yeah. to the truck, right? So he's good to drive. Yeah, and I, and I wouldn't stop, like, on the side of the road. Like, I would right, drive Right, because they could just hit was... you up again, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. I would go to, like, a rest stop or something. Yeah, for sure. The difficult thing, and I don't haven't I don't have a place to begin. Do you have a trivia question for this minute? You could ask something about Letty sitting in the back seat. I think that's the only like real thing of note, right? How many people are in the car? Like when Dom pulls up, like how many people are in the car or who's in the car? Where are they sitting? Something we like that. We could do we could also do, because it is vocalized and you see it, how does Mia help what what medical aid or how does Mia help Vince? And she's like holding his arm above his heart to like to slow the flow of blood. Brian says to her, 
hold this, hold the pressure just like that, hold this arm up. Yeah, I like that too. Either one works. I don't think either one's better or worse than the other. So we, I think we could say, because I, like like I like the idea of letting the back seat. It's like, what's what's unique about... I'm okay yeah. with either. You pick one and we can come up with a, with a wording for the question. I can't. I, I don't have one that I know uh, that I like better. I was hoping that you would help. What are the roles, and you can mix them, in the, like, giving Vince medical attention? It's like, Dom applies pressure, Mia lifts arm... Brian calls cops, and then you could just like switch all of those around it whatever way you want. Oh, oh, okay. So, okay. You get what I'm saying? Like Mia applies pressure, Dom lifts arm, Brian applies tourniquet. So I feel like Brian calling the calling in. Like I don't think I don't think we yeah, can say Brian that. applies I, I, tourniquet though. Remember he like he tourniquets with the belt, so you okay. can use that one. Let's do that. Okay. Do you like that? Wording, wording, wording. What is each character's role in medical att- in, in in providing medical attention to Vince? How does the family help in providing medical attention to Vince? So we could say Brian ties a tourniquet. Mia, I'm just gonna write the right answer down. Yes. Mia holds Vince's arm up. Dom applies pressure. And you can also like add Leon into that. You know what I mean? At some point. Ooh. Okay. So me, Brian. Yeah. Just change all their names. Yeah. Order. This is Brian applies pressure. Mia uh, holds Vince's arm up. Oh yeah. boy. Dom ties a tourniquet with belt. Boy, this is gonna be wildly difficult. Also, not really. Like it's 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 both easy and hard, right? Yeah. This it, it kind of makes sense if you think about it, right? Because you definitely know Brian does the belt. Like, that's the first one. Brian does the belt, and then when Dom comes up, he says, Dom, apply pressure. And then he goes, Mia, hold his arm up. So if we have hold your arm up, that's one of the things. Like, as long as we don't leave that out, we're like, okay, it, it happened. So I have, I, I replaced Mia in two of these with Leon. Brian ties a tourniquet with the belt. Mia holds Vince's arm up. Dom applies pressure. Brian applies pressure. Mia holds Vince's arm up. Dom ties a tourniquet with the belt. Brian holds Vince's arm up. Leon ties a tourniquet. Dom applies pressure. Brian, too, boy. <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, I don't need to say all these. <laughs> People out there know what it is. Yeah. Boy, boy, this is a this is a new kind of question. A, a fair question. I don't think this is like a bullshit question at all, but it is a uh, a wordy one for sure. How does the family help in providing medical attention to Vince? The correct answer, Brian ties a tourniquet with a belt. Mia holds Vince's arm up. Dom applies pressure. Oof. Tricky but fair. Because you have to think, like, is, is Leon there? Because, like, it's not saying that Mia's not there. Like, Mia could be there just not doing something, right? Yeah. Brian yeah. ties a tourniquet with the belt. Mia holds Vince's arm up. Donald applies pressure. Wow. For minute 88, officer. It's so this hard. Is officer. And when and when I copy it, it, like, is impossible to figure out, like, what goes where. <laughs> I have to, like, I have to, like, take a picture of it for them or something. All right, Joe, let's take a break and let us head back in time to Los Angeles, circa 2003, for Michelle Rodriguez as officer Chris Sanchez in... SWAT. brought to you by wesit.com flat rate no fees customize the type of care you need without the price they offer straightforward flat rate pricing on all of their services no booking fees or memberships never forget to have a babysitter we said 
Thank you, We Sit. And here we are talking about SWAT. We are once again early in Michelle Rodriguez's career. This is 2003. So this is the same year that Too Fast comes out, two years after the first Fast and Furious, a year after Resident Evil. I was saying to you that I probably have seen this movie like 50 times. Like, I don't know why yeah, I watch how? this so much. I don't know. Or maybe I haven't seen You're it that many times, repeater. but like so much of this movie I remembered. Like so many lines, I was like, oh yeah, I know. I know exactly what that is. <laughs> And, like, they're not memorable lines. They're just kind of, like... No, they're not, like, iconic. They're a little cool, but kind of generic police lines. But I was like, oh, yeah, I remember all of this. And, like, I, I haven't seen this in, in since high school. So, like, 15, God. 16 years, probably? Like, it came out on DVD was probably it... 04, and I probably watched it, like, 10 or 15 or 20 times. Maybe not 50, but, like, a bunch. Was this, like, a an on-TBS, and I'm just, oh, I'm no, going to watch it No, I never did again. that. I never watched... TV movies, I don't think. That's what I mean. So, like, so you were, you were actually I actively chose putting... to watch this a bunch, yeah. <laughs> Why? I don't know. I don't know. I was saying to you that I think I, rem- I remembered having a crush on Michelle Rodriguez back then. Also, mind-boggling that you didn't Evil. bring this up I know, but like, I didn't think about it. Like, I, I found a photo shoot that she had done, like, some kind of whatever back then, and, like, I remembered that. And I was like, oh, right, I remember having a crush on her. But, like, I didn't remember. I don't know. Because, like, she kind of disappeared from my life for a while, right? Because, like... The Apparently. first Fast and Furious movie I saw, like, she was on Lost, but I think even by that point I had forgot. I don't know. I don't know, man. Dude, I want this ability to forget girls that I had crushes on. But I mean, it's celebrities. Like, I, you know, I, I'm attracted to many, many celebrities. I don't know. Yeah, maybe you're just, you're just casting a wide net. I, I have, like, I have, like, a list of, like, 10 or 11 that I'm, like, those are it. As I get older, as I get wiser, I've sort of reel, reeled it in, reined it in, whatever, but, uh... There's a reason that people are in movies is because they're beautiful, right? And like if they're if they're of in course. movies that I enjoy, I'm like, oh yeah, she has good taste and she's cute. So like, why wouldn't I have a crush on her, right? So I don't know. Yeah, but yeah. easy to fall in love with, I guess. Yeah, it's okay. But you had never seen this movie before. No, I had never seen this movie before. It's possibly like the most connected Fast and Furious movie that we've ever done. Really? Yeah, it's based okay. on a 1975 TV show. This movie is about a. Samuel L. Jackson is Sergeant Hondo, and he comes back, and he reassembles the SWAT team, and then they just do it. And it sort of feels like the beginning of a franchise that never happened. There I thought there was, was another TV one. show in 75. There are two TV, there's a TV series that's still on right now. Oh. On, but I, I mean, I feel like there was more movies. Like, when I was, like, looking at this one, I feel like there was, like, a SWAT 2 and, like... There was SWAT Firefight and SWAT Under Siege. But yes, I saw nobody those. from these movies come back. But in SWAT Firefight, Giancarlo Esposito, who is yes. Gus Fring, is yep. in that one. But in SWAT Under Siege, Adrian Palicki, who is pretty known, she was in John uh, John Wick, maybe? Three? Two? Three? She's also in Agent okay. S.H.I.E.L.D. Michael Jai White, who's been in a bunch of action movies. They're the leads of the third one, I guess. But like, it feels like, oh, Samuel Jackson's going to make his own Avengers, kind of. like He's kind of Nick Fury yeah. in this. We got Hawkeye in this as a bad guy, but like... It feels like this is the beginning of something that just never... And it made money. Like, it, it budget was like $70 million. It made over 200 So, like, they probably could have kept going, but I guess didn't want to. I don't know. Yeah. So it's directed by Clark Johnson, who is kind of a director. He directed a handful of movies. He, I was asking you about this like a week ago. There's a Michael Douglas movie called The Sentinel that is like his other big movie that he directed. He's yeah. done a lot of TV work. He did a couple episodes of The Wire, which is notable because Herc is in this. Herc and uh, Carcetti's yep. 
campaign manager. Yeah, yeah Reggie Kathy, but I think of him more as Freddy from Freddy's Ribs on House of Cards. I agree. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I thought that too. Like I know I, I knew I he was in Hurt. The Wire, but I had to look up who he was in The Wire, so I couldn't because I couldn't remember. But like because in my head, he's just like, oh, that's Freddy. I'm 100 percent with you. When I saw him, I was like, oh, Freddy's Ribs. And then when I saw Herc, I was like, oh, he was also in The Wire. Who was he in The Wire? And then I saw Herc, and I was like, oh, Carcetti's you know, campaign manager. Right. It took me a minute to get to that one because he's like a much smaller role in that. Yes. And so the guy, Clark Johnson, he's directed a bunch of things, a bunch of TV work, whatever, but he's also acted in more than a hundred things, mostly TV work. He's in this movie somewhere as Deke's handsome partner. Deke is LL Cool J. So at some point, you know, there's like Mm -hmm. some good looking guy, I guess. And that's Clark Johnson. That's the director. But he seems like, I don't know him as an actor. I, you know, he's just, he's one of those guys that like, there's a lot of people in Hollywood that just never stop working and you just don't know, but like make a comfortable living just being a guy who does three or four episodes of a TV show or acts mm-hmm. in a couple things, whatever, and just like steady, kind of like a day job, not a day, but you know what I mean? Like it's not a movie star, but like this guy has hun- literally hundreds of credits. Yeah. There are like four writers on this. I think there's like two that did the screenplay and two that did like the story, maybe? One of them is David McKenna, who wrote Blow and American History X. I was going to say that name sounded familiar. The story for this is by a guy named, and this is where things are going to get Fast and Furious-y, story Ooh. by Chris Morgan. Yeah. Who is a very, like, kind of the Fast and Furious writer. Yeah. Screenplay credit to David Ayer, who has written a bunch of movies, including the first Fast and Furious. He's a writing credit on that one. But he's also written, okay. like, Fury, which is a great movie. He wrote End of Watch, which is a great movie. He wrote The Suicide Squad. He wrote and directed The Suicide Squad. Like, not a good movie, but, like, he's a big name. And for us, he wrote the first Fast and Furious, or helped write it, or whatever. Yeah. A minor little Fast in action is that it has a 48% on Rotten Tomatoes, so not great. It's kind of just a generic action movie in a lot of ways. But Roger Ebert gave it three stars, and it made me laugh because he gave too fast three stars because he just kind of like it seems like he loves dumb action movies yeah maybe he does this was this was a fun movie though it's enjoyable right yeah this wasn't bad for a movie that i watched so much like this kind of like oh yeah i you know i didn't i I almost didn't have to watch it again this time i did but like i when i started i was like oh right i've seen this a whole bunch of times yeah but so the the fast actions continue and only kind of get a little bit crazier so the tv show CBS ordered a pilot. There's been 67 episodes so far. It's still on. Justin Lin directed the pilot and is a producer. Okay. Right? Okay. So the role of Jim Street, who was played by Colin Farrell in this movie, the first choice was Mark Wahlberg, who's not really a fast connection other than he was in the Italian job, so kind of like adjacent, right? But he turned it down to be in the Italian job. So then they cast... Paul Walker, but he, and he started training for it, but then dropped out to do too fast. Wow. Okay. So then the LL Cool J part, Deke, Vin Diesel was in the running, but turned it down to do Riddick. So this movie almost was Vin and and Paul and Michelle written (laughs) by Chris Morgan and David Ayer two years after the first movie came out. And, like, it's a different movie. Wild. But it's not that different. Yeah, I had no idea. Because you said, like, this might be, like, the most, like, might have the most fast connections of, like, any movie we covered. And I'm, like, watching the movie, and I'm like, I get it, but I also don't get it. Like... So those are the crazy things, but there are, there's more. So okay. people offer to direct the movie includes, like, a bunch of different actor director action directors, but also Rob Cohen who did the first Fast and Furious movie. Yeah, makes sense. And then the final thing, a producer on this, but also a cameo in this, is Neil Moritz. He's a driver of a Land Rover who gets taken up by a semi-tractor. Neil Moritz, you would know from being a producer on Fast and Furious, but also as 
the Ferrari guy more than you can oh, afford, pal. So he's a producer yeah. on this, and he's also in the movie in a car in this. So it's like, like not a huge crazy fast action, but again, another like, wow, okay. It also filmed in LA at the same time as the Italian job. Yes. Uh, Colin Farrell's character has a poster of Bullet on the wall in his apartment because he's I didn't catch one that. of Colin Farrell's idols in real life. So, like, there's a lot in here. I have a question for you. In this world, I'm like, what? Okay, go ahead. Is Hawthorne Airport the airport of Race Wars? We gotta look up the minute. Sounds familiar, but let me find the document as it loads. So, there's Hawthorne, is where the street race, the early street race, takes place. It takes place next to Hawthorne Airport. Either we didn't write it down. Or it's not no, I got airport. the airport at some point. Yeah, so I can't... San Bernardino Airport. Okay. Yeah, so but it's Hawthorne, not Hawthorne. But Hawthorne, I mean, I guess it's just, it's just Los Angeles, right? But, like, the, the, the name, the word Hawthorne is mentioned in there, and, like, that's where they're racing. So, similar. It's in the neighborhood, but it's not, you know, whatever. And they say Hawthorne. It's, yeah. Like, Leon says it at one point. Like, oh, there's cops on Hawthorne. And I think that they're... That street race, like, when we looked up, like, where it is, I think that they're next to Hawthorne Airport. Like, they're racing in front of it. Remember? Yes. Because you see that, like, arched building. I think that that's Hawthorne Airport. So, like, when they were sending all the cops to Hawthorne Airport here, and, like, the guy had turned on the lights, and that's how they know the plane's there, I was like, fuck, it's, like, the same place. Yeah. I mean, it is, yeah. it's not the same movie as the, as the Fast and Furious, but, like, it's kind of, in a lot of ways, it's the bad twin, which is from from the last episode that we talked about. But, it's, yes. you know, it's, it's in the family, right? It's just like a, yeah, it's just kind of a, an action movie from the era with all the same people making it and kind of on screen and whatever. And, you know, we got Samuel L. Jackson in here. We got LL Cool J. We got Michelle Rodriguez. We got Jeremy Renner. We got Colin Farrell. Like, yeah, you know, these are all people toward the beginning of their career. I mean, Samuel L. Jackson had been around for a while, and they'd all yeah. acted before, but... The success rate, I feel, of people who went on to be kind of huge stars is, like, wild. Wildly successful in this movie. Wild. Yeah, you got Hawkeye. Like, it's crazy, man. Oh, also, unrelated but kind of related, is that Colin Farrell starred in the Total Recall remake. So, another adjacent-ish fast and action. But what do you think of this movie? I mean, the plot is just that they assemble the team. There's a high-ranking or wealthy man who is like a drug smuggler of some kind, some kind of illegal imports, exports who? guy. You know who he is, by the way. He looked familiar, but I don't know. I spotted him, and I was like, he looks like the guy from Unfaithful. Oh, he is? Yes. I looked that up, but I don't, I mean, I haven't seen that movie in forever. Uh, it's it's a very, very burnt into my brain movie, and I had watched it with Rachel, because I was like, this movie's hilarious and sucks. And it was like a big thing. It was kind of like, it was like a big thing in pop culture. You know, all of these women were getting lusty about it for a while. It was kind of like Fifty Shades of Grey. In Unfaithful and in this movie, he has the same last name as a character. Oh, really? Yeah, they gave him two different first names, but he has the same last name. I don't know, even remember what it was, but when Rachel was like looking, because she was like, I was like, is this the guy from Unfaithful? And she was like, yeah. And she was like, oh, he has the same last name in both of those movies. I was like, is it close to his real last name? And she was like, nope, completely different. That's weird. That's weird, man. Very strange. Yeah. His uncle is wanted... Right? Like, his uncle has an arrest warrant out, so they're supposed to detain him because he has, like, this... They're like a crime family. Yeah. And so he is... And there's a Fast Five-esque... Like, they're, he's getting transported from one prison to another. Yep. And there's, like, Very Herc and his five. guys take a... Pull over a police bus. And, I mean, they don't flip it. But they take the one guy off that they want. At the beginning of the movie, Colin Farrell and Jeremy Renner are not SWAT, but they're just, you know, special tactics. Like, they're basically SWAT without the branding. They're in a bank robbery, and Jeremy Renner saves a hostage, but by kind of by shooting her to kill the bad guy, right? And so she sues the city. He shoots through her. Yes. 
And I, at, at the beginning of this movie, I was worried that it was going to be just very much police porn, and it kind of is, but it also kind of isn't. Like it's yeah, it's, I, it's same. A little woke. It's woke enough in 2003 terms to be like, oh, like they knew that maybe this isn't the best thing to talk about, but like it wasn't just like, oh, check out how cool being on SWAT is, which it kind of is, but it's also like Octavia Spencer, who would go on to be a huge yep. actor. She's yep. like, you guys arrest another black man? Like, don't you have to stop perpetuating the cycle? Like, she's calling it out, right? So... Yeah, and you have um Bridget the Midget by her ugh, own yes. naming. Yep, that's what she says in the movie, yep. She's like, oh, you guys are all pigs, and like, look at these fucking cops just like harassing people and stuff like that, too. Yep. On the same note. So yeah, I was I was also pleasantly... Because we, we had just been talking about this with Kara, right? That like, most cop movies are made for cops... So they're going to be cop porn, right? Like the same way that Top Gun is kind of recruitment for the Navy, which he's a Navy, yes. he's a Navy pilot. But like, it's all you know, military movies. Like, look how cool it is to be in the military. Come join us. Like, it's an impressionable high school boys and cops yep. or whatever. The same thing here. It's like, look how cool it is to be. like look at all the toys you have. Like, and it is that way. But you know, even when I was 16 years old and watched this movie over and over, I'm like, I'm not gonna be a cop. But like, <laughs> when Colin Farrell has like the battering ram that he puts like the spike on, and like it's the whole it's thing. It's not and- for the impressionable is like the impressionism is not meant for us i don't think no because yeah it's like the same thing like people always angry that like you know video games made people shoot up schools like yeah no, I, I played more shooters than anybody i know and like i've never even held a gun like it's not you know, <laughs> right yep. so i don't know so jerry yeah. renner goes a little rogue in the beginning gets kicked off the force eventually when the guy who is arrested offers a hundred million dollars to get any anybody who gets him out this. of there does he like do it on tv or something like when did he do this so he's getting transferred yes and then he gets caught again and i think he's being brought or maybe when he's being transferred whatever but there's cameras outside because there's like this movie's also kind of commenting in a way on like the paparazzi in the very beginning of the movie when there's the bank heist there is the guy outside, and they like trying to tackle the guy. Like you can't be filming or whatever. But there's that yeah. element. There's the bridge of the midget stuff. There's all a few times, like three or four times, where there's just cameras around because it is Los Angeles and whatever, right? Yes. But at one point, there's a bunch of cameras on the other side of a fence. He says, "I'll give a hundred million dollars," and that's another line. Like the way he says it, I was like, "Oh, I've seen this a whole bunch of times." He offers a hundred million dollars to anybody who gets him out of there. So Jeremy Renner, who is now this like good cop turned bad, a little Paul Walker, a little Brian O'Connor. I was thinking, and his name is Brian in the movie perfect because he's like jesus brian at the very beginning colin farrell's like jesus brian and it's like oh the one cop that like went kind of rogue and then gets thrown off the police force i was like very fast and the furious yeah and he has i think a little bit of a crew and he has what we find out later is like an inside guy on the swat team help him get this guy the big confrontation is that like the bad guy like there's not i mean there's not really a bad guy there's like the guy from a bad family, but just kind of in the wrong place at the wrong time. Like, he's a criminal, but he didn't do anything wrong in this movie. And then there's who? the guy who was a cop who just became disillusioned, who is, you know, trying to free the criminal. Like, he's the bad guy, but he's not, like, he doesn't feel, like, as bad of a guy as the criminal he's freeing is, even though he's doing worse shit. Like, it's weird, like... Who are you talking about? The French guy is... Yes. Really, like, feels like he should be the bad guy, but he's just, uh, he's a pawn, essentially. And Jeremy Renner is doing the actual bad shit, but feels less the bad guy. Just sort of feels like a spurned ex-girlfriend, kind of, a spurned ex-boyfriend, right? It just... He's just capitalistic. Yeah. He's just taking advantage of the situation. He's like, if I can make $100 million, this is what I'm going to do, though. Because they're even joking, like, the SWAT guys are even joking, like, you know, what would you do if you had $100 million? 
So like they yep. all they're all thinking it, they're just not acting on it. Yeah, but but the thing is like, do you trust this criminal to give you a hundred million dollars? Like yeah, because I guess they know it's Jeremy Renner, right? So like they know it's Brian. So yeah, but I'm saying wanted. like yeah, I, yeah, because I, I I'm trying to think from his perspective that like if it doesn't work out, he can just kill the guy and move on with his life. But he needs an escape plan. So I don't know. It's funny, it, like just like we were talking about the impressionable them, you know, recruiting cops to SWAT that when the criminal goes like I'll give you a hundred million dollars like all of a sudden you see like all these gangbangers come out just like throwing grenades at the street yeah <laughs> and he's like oh cool like these are the same it's the same reflection right like that you just like recruited a bunch of dumb people that like you're just believing your thing with no actual promise we were talking on the last episode in the lost episode or about lost about when do you believe someone in a long con when do you believe a criminal? Maybe never. But I also think that when somebody is making a public declaration like that and you follow through on it, there is a little bit of honor among thieves. If they're badass enough to get you out, they're scary enough to kill you. Yeah. Like in this, so in this world, Jeremy Renner is like the greatest sharp. Like he is Hawkeye, basically. He's a, he is he's, Hawkeye, a he's a sniper yeah. from a mile away. It, like that's the, that's, you're right. That's the other part of it. Like as much as he's like a criminal, like, I'm going to give you $100 million. If he doesn't, they're just going to kill him anyway. So it's like, you either go to jail forever, you get shot there. So he has to pay him the $100 million or they're going to be pissed. Yeah. What Fast Next did you see? Did you like this movie? Did you enjoy it? Uh, Did you not like it? What did you think of the movie, Fast Next? Overall thoughts? Hit me with it. I thought it was fun. It was an enjoyable movie. This was a good um, Saturday morning movie for me to watch. This would have been a movie that I could have seen in theaters with my dad, right? He would have been like, oh, cool. Like, that was fun. Nothing really bad. There's no, like, weird climax ending, you know what I mean, that, like, flips on him or something. He'd be like, yeah, that was perfect. It's the movie where you know what's going to happen the entire time. Yep. And exactly. it doesn't matter. I mean, it kind of matters. And my big complaint with this, and I think it's just that he's not necessarily in a, 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 I think this is also early in his directorial career. I want to look this up. But it feels like a lot of the action isn't exciting toward the end. Maybe it's just because I've seen this a bunch and I know roughly what's going to happen or because it telegraphs everything. There's essentially a 20 minute chase that ends this movie and I was never really invested in it. Which part? Like the plane part? or Like the, the whole end, yeah, where I was just, you know, them chasing... They like, spend a lot of time in the tunnels, which was kind of a downer. Like, I just think the whole end of the movie where it should be, like, it is, you know, it's not the scale of the world's longest runway, but they're doing that kind of thing where it's a huge Very set piece so. that spans the city, essentially, in this chase to get Jeremy Renner and get the, bat, get the, get the frog, they're calling the frog, the French guy. That should be exciting, and I was just like... I was kind of checked out. I'm like, it's it's it, it's not great. No, but it's like it's it's acceptable. Like I I'm not a big action movie guy to begin with, right? Like that's not my forte. Like action movies usually don't do it for me, unless they're like grimy '80s ones that are like more kitschy than like modern like action movies made mid '90s on that are like you know grandiose really don't get me going unless it's Fast and the Furious. So I was like, oh, okay, this is acceptable. Like, and it was fun seeing like a bunch of people that I, that I enjoy. But I think even like, I, I appreciate that. And I feel, you know, I am both horror and action kind of broken in like what I expect. I want it to be better, but like even comparing this to the Fast and Furious, like you can, you can tell, like you can see and you can feel that the action is not on par to any of the Fast and Furious movies. The stakes seem lower for it being so high. Like, it weirdly feels like they're never going to fail. And maybe that's just the function of, like, this is kind of a super team of people. The stakes do feel low. I think you're right. And it just feels 
uninspired a little bit. Yeah, you're right. The building in infallibility into your characters makes it hard to generate the conflict that you want in a movie. Even the Avengers have, like, you know, problems. And they're, like, the, you know, greatest superhero team ever. Like, we always refer to, like, Marvel stuff. But the Avengers, like, deal with struggles and, like, can fail and can die. This, they never felt like they were in danger at all. Like, it was just like, okay, we just need to go catch this guy. And he's a criminal, but you're right. He's like, oh, he's, like, the world's, like, leading crime family, like, running person. But, like, all we see him is knife his uncle. Yeah. Like, he doesn't do, like, anything really bad, right? So you don't even, like, set it up to be like, oh, he's, like, scary. He's just, like, manipulative and wants to be free. And he has, like, one accomplice. It's, like, Herc. He doesn't have, like, a team of guys. And then and then when he recruits a team, like we were saying, he gets, like, a bunch of, like, gangbangers that, like, don't know him doing dumb shit. And it's like, okay, cool. Like, they're just gonna mow through these guys. Like, they're just bodies. Are they okay? Like, are they ever in danger? Like, we... And I want to talk about Letty in depth later. You know, we see her, she has, like, a knife wound at the beginning, and that's kind of like the, oh, look, she, like, survived this struggle or whatever, and so it's like, you know, she is human, but she, yeah. whatever, she seems fine. And then at the end, she gets shot, but it's the Kevlar, right? Like, like Michelle Rodriguez is not going to get killed. Like, this is not the kind of movie where, like, they're going to kill one of the people. The only person of note that dies is the guy who was, like, the, the the guy who went rogue, the guy on their team who, like, backstabbed them. Like, he kills himself, right? And he kills himself. Yeah. It's not even, like, they need to do it. Even to the point where, at the end of this, and this is kind of where it's like, is this going to become a franchise or something? And I think it's also just hinting at, like, the, the serial nature of the TV show, but they just exhausted themselves, you know, stopping this plane and getting Jeremy Renner and whatever, and then yeah. they're on their way back home, and they get a call that says there's another shooting or whatever. They're like, all right, suit up. But they look and exhausted, like, and they're still going to go do it. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, which actually kind of belittles the like intensity needed for the SWAT team, right? Because it's like... If they can do this exhausted, yeah. like if they were like, no, man, like I need to sleep for four days, like that was the end of it, it would be like, okay, cool, I get that. It's both a compliment and a criticism that they're like, this is a job, they have to do this every day, and they're asked to do it every day, and they're able to, like that's why they're chosen, but at the same time, I don't know, like it's it, it feels, it makes what we just saw feel less special. It's like, oh, this is just another yes. day of the job. Yep, exactly. It's kind of respectable in like a gladiatory, like a gladiator kind of way. Like when you watch a sporting event, right, and then you see them the next day, and they're like, "Dude, I'm I'm banged up." You know what I mean? Like I like they take a couple of days off and then like start practicing for next week for yeah. like football and stuff. You're like, "Oh yeah," so the gravity of the match was intense. Whereas like if you watch guys play a baseball doubleheader, you're like, "Okay, if you can play two of these in a row, yeah." Like, how hard is it? With all the doubleheaders this year because of COVID, I'm thinking, like, oh, I, I'm going to try to get a pitcher who's, like, pitching in one of the games. It's like, because, like, the guys will be tired. But, like, it's not really. Like, they're not going to be tired. Like, they can just do it, right? Like, it just... <laughs> yeah. Like, I have the thinking, like, oh, this is probably exhausting. But, like, I don't think it is. Because if it was, they wouldn't do it, right? But I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So that's my whole point of them being tired and still being like, oh, yeah, we could go do another one. And you're like, could you? Like, really? I like, guess then it's so. it's not that hard. Uh, yeah. I looked up the director, so this is his first... So he made one movie before this, was a TV movie, so this is his, I don't want to call it first real movie, but first, like, theatrical movie. Uh, he yes. had been directing TV episodes for about five years, but he had probably done about like, eight or nine of those, so he's not, like, brand new to directing, but I think he's new to directing at a thing this size. 
because general, okay. I mean, not ever. I mean, basically before Game of Thrones, I mean, there were good shows, but nothing had the scope of movies on TV. I don't think until Game of Thrones, really. And Game or of Thrones is like, and yeah, yeah, where it's like, oh, we're gonna pay more money for an episode of this than like many mid-level indies. It's like this yep. one episode costs us fifteen million dollars or whatever, right? It's like, oh, yep. wow, okay, yeah. And so directing TV is challenging, but like, it's not. You're not coordinating a seventy million dollar event, right? It's like a whole Mm -hmm. different thing altogether. So I think that's kind of like, I don't want to call it inexperience, but it just it feels like maybe he's better suited to the small screen because he did, you know, the episodes of The Wire and a lot of other like sort of like Homeland, like other like good, like legitimate like real acclaimed shows and I feel like if he's able to do that like by all means stick with that, like Different, it's a different skill yeah. set, I think. And I, I don't think that I really blame him for like the lack of the action energy that we were talking about. A lot of the qualms that we have comes from like screenwriting, right? Yeah, it's like, like it, it's it, a lot more of that than like the action itself. It should be probably tighter. I mean, this movie is what an hour? Is it two hours or is it hour fifty? It's two remember. hours. Two hours. Yeah. Two so hours. like, it's not short. It it probably like if it was an hour 40 if they tightened it up like that would be cool like if it was the length of the first movie the first fast and furious like oh, okay this moves but like the final chase i wasn't super invested in and in the middle like when they're assembling the team like you're kind of getting to know them but not really and i feel the yes. middle drags too like for a movie yeah. where it's about like let's get this guy let's get this guy let's get this girl whatever right and then you don't learn anything about them. Like, we know that Letty is a mom. That's it. You know, Chris is, like, her name Chris Sanchez, right? She's a mom, yeah. and that's the extent of it. And yep. we know that that's, a, that's what she cares about and how to frame it. And I guess when she gets shot, we're worried about her daughter or whatever. We don't know anything about it. And, like, even Colin Farrell, who is the star of the movie... We don't know anything about him. No, he's he's just broken up with. That's what his yeah. character trait is. Yeah. He recently dumped is what his background is. Like LL like, Cool J is fat kid turned hot guy. Fat kid turned hot guy with a bunch of kids. Which I it's not a bad thing. Like I don't mind that, but I feel if you're gonna devote, say, essentially like thirty or forty minutes to like, hey, here's the team, we're getting to know the team, it's like, well let's actually get to know the team or just not show this. But then yes. going out to drink and showing them bonding is fun, but it doesn't need to be like one after the other after the other, also seemingly setting up a Colin Farrell-Michelle Rodriguez relationship that, like, doesn't happen. It's like, wait, wait. We could have learned about, more about their tactical skill sets. Yes. As opposed to their backgrounds, and I think that would have played better than to give us just, like, a, you're a mom, you're dumped, and you're fat kid. Yeah. Fat kid turned hot. And you I, know, don't even, like, I don't even know if we need that, though, because, like, they're getting recruited because they are the best of the best. So, like, we should just entered assuming that like oh yeah they're all here for a reason like samuel jackson like the way that they establish him coming in people know who he is he's new to us but the guy in the cage with colin farrell knows him and is like oh yes sir yes sir whatever like he's a legend like that's wonderful that's all we need like he he is a guy who knows his shit who is in control in control in charge whatever he's going to pick a team that works it's not like we need to like I know it's a little bit different, like we have an entire Iron Man movie, but it's like, we know that if Nick Fury's picking you, you're on the team for a reason, right? Like, it's not like we need to have, like, a, show me what you can do, killer. I don't I don't know. No, but we could have done that with each person having, like, a specific skill set, right? Like, yeah. like Colin Farrell, like, he's the, the demo guy. Like, we see yes. this in every other movie, right? Like, we need, like, a chameleon and a, two drivers. Like, they could have given us that, but they don't even give us that. They're like, oh, everybody's just really good at everything. And you're like, well, then how do you delineate them? I think we've probably talked about it on here before, but in Pulp Fiction, when Uma Thurman's character, when, when Mia 
is talking about Fox Force Five, yep. like you know she, you know the she, the explosives. She was good with knives, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like that's what you need. Like you just need like one. You're right. Like, you need one shot. Like we well, you know Jeremy Renner's a sniper. Yes. It's almost like in a video game where it's like, okay, you could play this guy who's the all-around, well-rounded guy. Yep. Or, like, this is the, the girl who's the a little offense, bit less strong, but she's quicker or whatever. Yep. Yes. Speed. Or, like, in the NES version of just ice hockey, it's like, do you want skinny, fast guy, or do you want fat, slow guy, or do you want all-around guy? It's like, we could just do a team of, like, five all-around guys, but, like, where's the fun in that? But that's what it feels like here. Yep. It's just like, that's yeah, they're I'm all saying. Colin Farrell. They're, like, all pretty, like, they're all B-plus at everything. It's like, <laughs> oh. Yeah. Okay. Like this is a movie, guys. Like we should should be like fun. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you if you would have given them like Letty's like a former medic, so she's like the health one. Colin Farrell's the guns guy, but like uh, LL Cool J's the explosives guy, and you know like and you'd be like, oh, now they needed this team because like all of their skills and like the, you know you get to a problem, you're like calling the explosives guy, and they're like, well, we need a good shot, like calling Colin Farrell, and then like somebody got hurt, Letty's on it, and then you're like, oh, cool. Then it feels interesting so let's talk about letty so again right in line but again this is like her third movie so like i i'm i'm willing to give it a little bit of the or maybe fourth movie or whatever like it's very early again so yep they hear tales of this warrior basically right chris sanchez and we go to this hospital and we see like this big like angry looking latino dude and like who has the who got his ass kicked right and they're like did chris did your partner chris sanchez do this and the guy's like yeah like i didn't help it was all chris and they're like, oh my god, like this guy, like whoever this guy is. Chris Chris is know, gonna be a badass dude. A couple of beefs here. Like we find out that Chris keeps passing SWAT but getting rejected, and they open up like the hospital curtain, they're like, Oh, sorry, wrong room. She's like, No, who are you looking for? It's like, oh, obviously, obviously. But it's like it made me think of that like the doctor was a woman. It's like, no, the SWAT cop was a woman. Like, could you believe? <laughs> yes. Yes, yeah, yeah. There's a little bit of back and forth. Like, you still want to work. Swatch is like, no, I just enjoy applying all the time. Very letty line. And then she says, look, if your internal affairs, that guy had razor blades in his mouth. I had to put him down hard. I'm sick and tired of these bullshit complaints because some vato doesn't like getting thrown to the pavement <laughs> by a woman. It's like, yeah, okay. And they're like, cool, you're hired. Like, that's that's enough for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what you need to do. But again, you're right. And that's what I was thinking, too. Like, in this one, we don't even, like, code her mail. They just mistake her for a man based on her skill set right like like on paper she's a man she's a man but i think so i i don't know if it's good or not there's a couple times in this movie where like samuel jackson's like guys and girl suit up it's like it's like you're calling it out like you're you're uh, you're acknowledging that she is a woman and i think that's cool but it's also like it's like calling attention to it in both good and bad ways like she is just one of the guys yeah. not necessarily in a bad way but it's weird that he's like I need, I need everything we got, boys and girl. It's like, oh, okay. Like, you don't have to keep saying that. Yeah, you don't. You don't. Like, I like that they acknowledge that she is feminine, that, that like, she is a woman, that, you know, yeah. the phrase guys is not inclusive, but at the same time, there's nothing other than she birthed a child that is feminine, right? I don't know. <laughs> and they let her wear feminine clothes to go to the bar, which doesn't always happen to Letty. Michelle Rodriguez right. in movies, but so like they let her put on like more feminine clothing. But like that's kind of like the extent of the characterization, not even character development, because like nobody really gets developed. No. Like the characterization that we have, like we have her training out, and she's like boxing a heavy bag, and we know that she's a mom, and like seemingly has a good relationship with her daughter, and like the boxing thing. I thought she was gonna be the hand to hand person. Nope. 
No, that never comes in. I, like, I thought it was going to be like, okay, cool. Like, when it when it gets tight and they, like, lose all the guns, she's the one. Because she's the only one that's doing that, right? Like, she's the yes. one jumping around and, like, boxing the heavy bag. Yeah, so I was like, okay, there's going to be a point where it's like, like, oh, fuck, we lost all of our guns. Like, how are we going to fight this guy? And she's like, boom, 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 and just, like, beats him up. But nope, we don't get that. Now, did you catch... This is something you had pointed out earlier this lap. The biggest new Michelle Rodriguez in action. Hmm. No. Something that you had pointed out earlier that I didn't even think about. A connection between movies. That happens again here. No, what is it? What did what did I point out earlier? I don't remember now. So they all go out drinking and they leave the first bar. I think it's the, I think they go to a second bar, right? And then yes. they go like she invites Colin Farrell home or whatever, but it's for the birthday party. So they all are at the first bar, they all go their separate ways. She and Colin Farrell go to a second bar. They run into Jeremy Renner. He's like, I used to know him, whatever, he used to be my partner. He kind of lost his mind, whatever, right? Yes. She come, they come over, Jeremy Renner and his his friend, and there's some like shit-talking back and forth. Yeah. And he says, is this your girlfriend? He goes, no, she's SWAT. And Jeremy Renner says, you know, I didn't know they made bulletproof bras. Is it just me? But, you know, I didn't know that. And Letty says, Chris Sanchez, Michelle Rodriguez, what they need to make are bulletproof condoms big enough to fit your big head. Oh. This is now the third time... In the Michelle Rodriguez movie, she has said the word condom. condom. My God, you're absolutely right. (laughs) So we have, I don't know if she says it in Blue Crush, but there's the condom on the ground that she, you know, steps on or deals with or whatever. There's the dress that likens to a condom in Widows. And then in here, just making like a dickhead, like he's calling him a dickhead without saying the word dickhead, right? Just like a bulletproof condom for your big head. Like, wow. Yeah. I saw it and I I heard that. I was like, wow, damn. Another condom reference from (laughs) Lake. How? See, who's who is her who is her screen? I'm sure that there's like a deeper meaning here that I'm not seeing and whatever, but like that's not even a male thing. Like that's just the thing that nobody says. Yeah. And yet she's now said it three times. Yeah, I, like I when when we were talking about it the first time, like how many times do you think you've ever used that word? Oh, rarely. The amount of times I can count on my hand, like besides us saying it for this show, I don't think I've ever like really said it. I mean, maybe like if you're buying them, but like if you're just talking, I don't know. Even I don't, if you're I, buying again, them, like, you're like, hey, can I buy these? And the person's like, yeah, do you want a bag? Cool. What I was glad the movie didn't do as a follow-up, as a continuation from that scene, like I said before, it seems like she and Colin Farrell are about to start a relationship, but they don't. Good. But it also made me think of that for a couple episodes of Lost Ago, where she's talking to Jack, like, you're hot, she's hot. Like, at the same point, it's like, yeah, you're both beautiful people, like, why don't you go bang? But, like, she's a mom, and he just got over a relationship or whatever, and, like, maybe the timing's not right for both of them, but it feels like they're about to go home and bang, and maybe they do and we don't see it, but I don't think they do. No, because she says, do you want to come over to my house? And he's like, oh, that was easy, and she's like, tomorrow for my daughter's birthday party, not now. And I think at, like, one point toward the end, like, I think he feels a little bit extra, maybe when she gets shot. I don't know. I also got really disappointed. Kind of fast next gen, right? We get a we get a chase through a subway station, right? Which, yes. So I was mm-hmm. like, okay, that's cool. This is a little bit of Fast and Furious. Also, we had a subway chase in Strange Days a couple of movies ago. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, exactly. That too. They're driving behind, and the one guy's acting shady. You know, like, they not red herring. They, it's like very herring. <laughs> they yeah. just sh- keep just showing you this guy fish. being just straight up fish. They keep showing you this guy being like, oh, I'm like trailing behind here, had weird Thai food. And you're like, okay, dude. And then he's like, oh, looking weird. And then like Samuel L. Jackson like eyes him up and he's being weird again. And you're like, okay, like obviously he's the one who's going to turn. So like he turns, Jeremy Renner comes in and like breaks into the car and like shoots the useless guy that his his character trait was brother of dumped 
girl that dumped yeah. Colin Farrell. That was his character trait. He shoots him, and they're like, okay, like, oh, man, we have an officer down. And then they're like, Letty, just stay here. <laughs> And I'm like, dude, she's part of the SWAT team. Like, can't you, like, find somebody else to, like, take care of this guy? And they're like, no, we have to go do, like, man's business. Like, we're going to go chase him down. And I'm like, she's the hand-to-hand combat person, like, running through the subway. This would be great. And they're like, and the other person that gets to stay behind is LL Cool J, who we've established is the fast one. And he's, like, the chaser, right? He's chased down, like, a person before. So maybe they're not sexist. Maybe they're just dumb and bad at things. It's probably also a little bit of sexism, but it's just also, like, what are you, what are you doing? Yeah, I'm like, the two people that I would want, like, if I was like, okay, we're picking the team, like, these two need to go, like, chase this guy down in a subway, I'd be like, okay, it would have been Letty and LL Cool J, because, like, he's fast, and she can fight hand-to-hand. So, like... And we, they're all, like, equal at guns, so it doesn't fucking matter. If you'll remember, also, in Resident Evil Retribution, it's a different kind of character. This is the good Rain, but she's, again, left in a subway to be like, hey, you watch after the girl. Like, yes. I need to go rescue the other people. So she always keeps, she keeps getting <laughs> left behind in subways when, like, no, like, she, she can take care of, I mean, maybe good Rain, like, it's a different thing, and I yeah. think that's why we like that one, but, like, that one might be justified, but here, yeah, you're right, like, she should be going after them. Yeah, like, why do you have to stay, and why do you need two of them to stay behind? It's so strange. I think maybe Michelle, Re- like, this might be the crux of Michelle Rodriguez in real life saying, like, we need to do more with female characters in Fast and the Furious. Like, she's like, I'm fucking sick of being the one that gets, like, left behind or murdered off or, like, any of these things. Like, I'm just done with it. Like, look, I've established myself. Stop putting me behind. And then, like, then we get, like, you know, her fighting Gina Carano in a subway station. Like, that's, like, she's, like, like, they were, like, we're going to do a subway chase. And she's, like, I'm not fucking staying up top again. Like, I gotta fight in this one. And they're like, okay, yeah. okay. Stop putting baby in the corner. Yeah, exactly. The only other note that I have about this, and I think I have a little bit more trivia, is at the end, when they stop the plane and Jeremy Renner is running away and Colin Farrell chases after him, and he has Jeremy Renner dead to rights. He's got a gun with a bullet in it. He pops the bullet out. He clears the chamber and then fist fights Jeremy Renner. It's a very furious seven. Like you thought this was going to be a street fight. You're goddamn right. It's like, no, you have the advantage. Like stop making the movie. Just like hold him down. Like, oh man. But okay. Yeah. One fast action. A fight breaks out in the police station. Okay. And I was like, okay, that's very Brian O'Connery, you know, happening yeah, there. Brian the and uh, Stasiak. Yeah, in the beginning. We get, obviously, a plane, right? By the way, I, have we talked about this on here? Like, just fuck helicopters in general? I think you did, because we, I think last lap, we watched a movie where, like, a helicopter blew up, and I think you had a, you went on a little anti-helicopter rant, yes. I think. Yes, again, just proving my point. And also, I'm not going to say any names here, there's a few people in this world that use helicopters all the time, and how has their helicopter never crashed? Right now, as we're recording, I'm watching last night's Laker game and just thinking about Kobe, right? Like, you know, even yeah. when you have a guy who, like, you trust and, like, has flown hundreds or thousands of times, like, it still goes wrong sometimes, right? So Yes, yeah. and I'm, but I'm saying, like, there's a bunch of people that I would like to put in a helicopter crash that use helicopters all the time. and Oh, sure. And, like, nope, they're fine. Like, that's okay. Yep. And Kobe, Kobe's the one that they take. On the note of shitty writing, we see the shady guy, and it's it's when we're like doing the background, like the character exposés. The shady guy that eventually turns, he's like at, at like a nice restaurant, and he's with a a nice woman, and she's like, oh, a cop that drinks French champagne. And Rachel and I look at each other, and we're like, there there's no other kind of champagne. I thought it was wine. Was it French champagne? She says, 
what kind of cot drinks French champagne? Well, because I mean, yeah, champagne is just sparkling wine from a certain region in France, right? Yes. Is that the, is that the point? Yeah. yeah. There's no other type of champagne. So what yeah. the fuck are you? Yeah. It was it was my champagne, my champagne. But yeah, that's I think. Oh, and then just there's tunnels. They're running through tunnels underground, which was a little reminiscent of Fast and the Furious too. But that's like the rest of my notes. So there's a little bit of trivia about this. Okay. Uh, nothing really super fast and actually I really went through all that although there is one car thing at the end at the end of filming the rap gift that Samuel Jackson gave the principal cast was a signature 9mm pistol with the letters SWAT inscribed on the handle which I think is kind of both cute and also a little bit scary yeah it's it, it feels like he didn't know what to do but he did too much it's like yeah. that's an interesting rap gift. well like Suicide Squad like they all got like the cast got squad tattoos I'm like okay like that's cool but it's also like that's on your body forever and like i don't know yeah but you're like hey the the squad tattoos after suicide squad i can get because you're like we all just got fucking paid this is a big ass movie like whether or not the movie does good or not doesn't fucking matter like we got paid like if i signed like a big ass contract to like some sports team i'll be like fuck yeah i'll tattoo their logo on my arm like i don't give a fuck if I hate these people at the end of it. Like, you paid me. Like, guaranteed money. Cool. All the main actors received SWAT training for the film. Colin Farrell was also given an LAPD driver training in a Crown Vic, which I think is pretty cool. I mean, that's, I think, probably pretty standard, but, you know. Yeah. Jeremy Renner used the money he made from this movie to buy a dilapidated house with a friend in L.A. that they worked to restore and live in, and then he eventually, like, later sold it and made, like, a whole ton of money. But, you know, I like that. He's like, oh, yeah, I did that movie. I bought a house. And I sold the house and I made a lot of money. Like, okay, sick, yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, smart guy. Jeremy Renner seems like he he would be that kind of guy, right? Almost like Harrison Fordy. Yeah, like I'm. Well, I'm also like a carpenter. Acting just happens, <laughs> but like I really just want to go like restore houses and chill. The only other thing that I wanted to say, and this is something we noticed a lot last lap, is that there's a license plate in this movie two G A T one two three. That has been used in Beverly Hills Cop 2, Traffic, mm. Pay It Forward, Mulholland Drive, Crazy Beautiful, L.A. Story, Go, and Two and a Half Men. So I guess it's like just one of those common, how Steven Spielberg always, or no, George Lucas. I think maybe Spielberg too. A couple of those guys, because like the THX 1138, like his original thing, or like yeah. how Pixar always uses A113. Like there's certain license plates that get recycled and things after things. Apparently 2GAT123 is used in a bunch of stuff. And there's another one in here, 2WAQ233 that is used in a bunch of stuff too. So I don't know why license plates, I guess it's just kind of a cool nod to the history of things, yeah. like how there's like the Wilhelm scream, like certain sound effects that get used over and over again. But like, cool, I guess, question mark? Yeah, yeah, it works for me, man. All right, let's watch the trailer. This is a short one. It's only a minute 17. It's a movie clips, classic trailers, of course. SWAT 2003 official trailer one, Colin Farrell movie. There's a longer one, but I'm always going to defer to the uh, movie clips, classic. movie clips, classic trailers. Yeah, yeah. that's like the... The gold standard of trailers here. All right, three, two, one, play. Columbia. Oh yeah, we see them do this. Oh, training. I think the first line. Let's listen to it. To is from maybe not the first line. Letty has a line here. I'm beginning to like this guy already. What's it like? The real thing. It's faster. Mount up. So much faster than the movie. Yeah. They mentioned Fast and Furious in the trailer. And Triple X, yeah. Producer. See, there's all the camera guys. Oh, that's when he did it. Okay, he yelled it outside the thing. Okay. Okay. 
What the hell happened? Our motorcade has been hit. Also, I will say that I had, even before I watched this movie, I had the SWAT theme song stuck in my head, and I'm like, I don't know for sure that this is SWAT, but I think it is. But for like, since we recorded Milton's Secret, I was like, I think I have, I think I have the SWAT song stuck in my head, and I was like, yeah, no, it is, because I sing it in this movie. They sing it too. Yeah. Yep. You will be ready for anyone and anything. Oh, I also like. Yeah, like hell yeah, man! I would, I would even cop style nine one one. What? Okay. Okay. Like, I would watch that movie. I don't think that's this movie. I mean, it kind of is, but it's like, that's a more exciting movie than what we saw. That's fair. I like that they were like, what, they were like, SWAT, special weapons and tactics. Like, and they say it like 50 times throughout the movie. Like, they have to define what the acronym stands for for you. Recruitment technique. Right? So, like, it I just... Guess. I did read a thing on IMDb that I don't, I didn't copy over because I wasn't interested enough to keep it, but whatever division Michelle Rodriguez's character is in is effectively basically SWAT. Like someone was saying like somebody actually like dug and this goes to your point about like kind of dumb writing where it's like, Oh no, like actually what she's doing is kind of already basically SWAT. Like she's not like, she's not in SWAT, but she's already SWAT. And so like her not quote unquote, not being in SWAT isn't actually real. So yeah, I don't know, but yeah, you can't pay some intern like 15 bucks an hour to go through and just check all this dumb shit. You would think you would think, (sighs) For a $70 million movie. All right, Joe, the letterbox game Mad Max Fury Road has been seen by 638,000 people. So up 2,000 since last time. Jesus. It's basically been two and a half days. Yeah. Yeah. So essentially 1,000 a day, right? So like that's (laughs) where we're at, 638,000. SWAT, 2003, directed by Clark Johnson. Or are those just like, like if you review the same movie 100 times? No, I think, I think, I, ooh, that's actually a very good question. Watched? No, it says watched by X number of members. Yeah, that's unique. Damn, thousand. I don't know how there's that many people out there who are new seeing. I don't know. There has to be some plateau at some point, right? Like, like even a thousand a day seems crazy to me. That Letterbox has done in the past movies like their fifty most popular movies. Like, but it's not most popular movies. It's like the fifty movies that have been logged. The movies that have been logged by five by a person five or more times. Okay. The most times. Okay. So like, what are the movies most that people are the most obsessive about? Yeah. Yeah. And like her was up there like i think her might have been like number one because like people who love that movie like love that movie right so like they're gonna watch that all the time yeah it makes sense i don't know if that's fury road maybe it is but it just feels like a a shit ton of people are watching it right so i don't know okay yeah tagline you're either swat or you're not (laughs) so swat 2003 directed by clark johnson average rating of 2.6 2.58 most common rating of three but starring samuel jackson colin farrell michelle rodriguez ll cool j has been seen by how many people again it's on showtime if you want to watch it showtime um, I'm going to go 57,000. Like you could get this. Lower. Uh, 32. In between. One more guess. Uh, 41,000. 37,028. 37,028. It's not bad. Out of those 37,000 people, how many have it in their top four? Oh, um, I, I don't know how hard to factor in, like, cop porn to this number. I'm going to say 13. You're so close. It's 14. Really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was a good guess then. Cool. So I found... Okay, so there's... Um, oh, boy. Uh, there are two I think we could do... I'm going to... So I'm just going to do the one, which is honestly the most... The e- the easiest one we will ever do on this game. That's the reason I'm doing it. Okay. But we found Andros-like movie, at Andros-like movie, reviewed in 2015. This film is good because it got loads of shooting violence, and that's it. Smiley face. Five stars. Okay. So he likes the shooting violence. So number his number two favorite movie of all time is SWAT. Okay? Okay. 
I almost can't give you clues on these other three because they're all so obvious. Is it like John Wick? No, like more obvious. Like more, like think more obvious. Like what, like what can't I describe? Like other movies that the title is the movie? No. It's obvious in a way, like you're gonna you're gonna laugh when you hear it. I don't know how to I again, like I'm struggling to describe this because like it's so Give me something in them, a character in them. The first and fourth are in the same franchise. The first and fourth are in the same franchise. Okay. Not John Wick. And they're though. number six and they're number three in that franchise. Fast and the Furious? Uh-huh. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Fast and Furious six and Tokyo Drift. Okay. And then number three, again, I don't know uh, if it's not a game. Like, what, what's what's the baseline for this game? Oh, Mad Max Fury Road? Uh-huh. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I went to this guy's profile, and it was Fast and Fury 6, SWAT, Fury Road, and Tokyo Drift. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. Well, you need to BD-WAP for him, by the way. Uh, he doesn't use Letterboxd anymore. Oh, damn it. He's, like, the perfect guy for this, so. Andros like movie. Cool. Loved it. Andros, we like you. Andres There's another you. one. Ole Martin just says, honestly, I've watched this movie maybe 40 times, not recently, but in like 2009, 2011, and I fucking love this shit. It's so good. <laughs> Five stars. And Ole Martin, his top are Wally, Avengers Endgame, Star Wars Episode 3? Question mark? Question and mark. SWAT. Which I was like, okay. Yeah, I guess that's. Those are four movies. <laughs> yeah. When I saw four, because I was like, I can't give clues about Fast and Furious movies. I don't even know where to begin with those. And then Fury Road, it's like, oh, yeah, like these are all the things that we just talk about the most. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was really, really good. Yeah, SWAT and then <laughs> Mad Max, the most letterboxed movie ever. And then Fast uh-huh. and Furious, yeah. Next week, we have a special week. We are back with Nico and Kevo doing Tokyo Drift, the aforementioned Tokyo Drift, Andros Lake movie, number four, Tokyo Drift. We got Tokyo Drift next week. And then on Friday, we're doing something a little bit different. It is a patron pick from Mr. Christian Larson. We are doing three music videos yes. that Michelle Rodriguez is in. We are doing Lenny Kravitz's If I Could Fall in Love, <laughs> Demi Lovato's Confident, and Drake's Nice for What. So Larson picked three music videos. He also, like his other pick this lap is a movie, which we'll do later in the lap. But he picked three music videos. I only watched one of them. I watched a Drake one when he sent them. When he sent them, but like I don't. I mean, I don't really watch music videos unless they're like for like, like unless it's Carly Rae Jepsen or Radiohead. Like right. Like unless I love the artist. Yeah. Or like I watch... rap. Like it's just like it, where everybody is talking about. It. It's like okay, I gotta I gotta spend three minutes and figure out what this is about. Right. Like, I haven't heard that song yet, to be honest. Really? Yep. Haven't heard it. I kind of went. Away. I feel like it kind of went away. Maybe it didn't. I don't know. But I've yeah. Music video is crazy. I didn't see the music video either. I mean, because I haven't heard the song. Honestly, I don't watch a lot of new music videos, but I love classic ones. Like the MTV days, like the TRL days ones. Like, I watch a lot of those. Well, I'm looking forward to finding out, you know, I don't know that I know the Demi Lovato song or the Lenny Kravitz song. Maybe I I do. I don't know. I don't. if I could fall in love, confident and nice for what? So it'll be fun. Any other thoughts about SWAT or anything before we end this episode? Another movie that just needs more Letty. That's all I'm saying. Or just, like, let us know what Letty's about, right? Like, Some, It needs more of something, and what it what it gave us two hours of was not the something that it needed. You could do, I mean, you could do better, but you could do a lot worse. This is just True. Like a, it's, a, it's a competent, it's a fine action movie. It's just like, I yeah, okay. That. Yeah, like, I would, yeah. I would see this in theaters with my dad, and he would yep. have been very happy about it, and we'd have had a good day. Exactly. So for all things Too Fast Too Forever, you go to cageclub.me, facebook.com, slash Too Fast Too Forever, or at... Too Fast Too Forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family at cageclub.me. 
Come back next week for Tokyo Drift and a couple of Michelle Rodriguez music videos. Mm-hmm. And check out all 129 episodes now at cageclub.me or wherever you get podcasts, including, again, on Amazon. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe, too. And we'll tell you all about it when we see you.